everybody. Welcome to episode 285 of G.I. Joburg, Playmates Toys, and Cobra Coils. My name is Steve, and I am joined by Paul. Toxic Crusaders, toxic. Hey, everybody. <laughs> uh, and Rob. Hey, 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 it's a Rob in the house. It's Radical Rob. <laughs> so we are a G.I. Joe podcast, but every now and then we'd like to talk about other toys that uh, took our fancy on this long journey of collecting. And for a time, Playmates toys were ruling the toy aisles. So obviously they had some impact on us to a lesser or greater degree. And we're going to find out exactly who really took up the Playmates flag and who kind of saw those toys and kept walking on. <laughs> but the cultural impact of these beautiful, whimsical, colorful toys cannot be denied. So we're going to get into it on episode 285. But we also are the first podcast back since a wonderful Special Forces Playmotion adventure from the Glen Peak family debuted mm. on the channel. It was called The Coils of Cobra, Siege at the Cobra Castle. And it was delightful. It's an eight-minute adventure uh, with a lot of action happening. Um, the boys, four boys, actually. Wow, Glenn did well to raise these young men um, and rein them in to playing with the G.I. Joes. They were responsible for the shooting, the editing, the scripting, the storyline, the actual manipulation of the figures. Sometimes you see them on camera. There was a delightful moment where they even referenced us at G.I. Joburg by doing the Cobra plane crashes and <laughs> the person manipulating the plane says, no parachute. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll get into it. Uh, Paul, Rob... It's been a while since we spoke last, a uh, little bit of delay behind this podcast for various reasons. Uh, I'm putting up my hand um, and you can't see it, but it's going up saying, Mia culpa, sorry everyone, uh, that's my <laughs> fault more than anything else. Uh, but how are we, Paul? Uh, good, man. Uh, been a crazy uh, two weeks or so. Uh, got a cool new review art for the classified Crimson Guard, which is Tell us about really it. cool. Um, yeah, so uh, I got my hands on a classified stalker and a classified crimson guard, and I was just really excited at how good they were that I started shooting video of them immediately. Like as I opened up the stalker, I just took video footage of it, and then I did the classified. I'm like, okay, well I've scratched the the surface of it. I've got to go deeper now. And uh, yeah, so you guys can hear all my thoughts on it's on our YouTube channel. You can hear my thoughts about the uh, crimson guard. Uh, classified or classified crimson guard figure which i mean spoiler alert i really dig it but watch the video to know why i really dig it and what i think has been like a lot of the hits and the one or two misses that it has um so that's available now <laughs> you guys can watch that as uh, as we you know after this podcast if you want to i'm um, impressed paul that's very gi joeberg industrious of you the first impulse you have when you see a cool toy is, let me get my camera. <laughs> me, I'm like, oh, jeez, do I have first. to make content out of this? I want to just enjoy my toy. Yeah, it's funny, man. But, and you, Rob, but, how, how are you doing, man? Oh, sorry, Paul, you wanted to... No, no, I was just going to say, like, it's cool that it's you mentioned that. It's cool that you mentioned that because in a weird way, your most recent videos of, well, when I say recent, actually, not that recent, you did a Wolverine. Um, oh, 
uh, yeah. And then before then, it was a Lando Calrissian. And I, I was really like kind of inspired by that. And then the nail in the coffin was your um, retro collection. Did I call them the retro collection? Modern era style stalker review that you did. I like that. Well, and I was like, well, Steve must. is like doing, these are so off the cuff and so like, like they just look so doable that I'm going to try that. And I did. And it was like well worth it. And, and also just for the record, folks, I generally take photos of when I buy new toys because I'm trying to keep like some kind of journal to remember what they look like and to kind of remember the day that they arrived, uh, which I'm finding as I get older, and I don't know about you, gents, <clears throat> but I find <laughs> as I get older, I like to chronicle these things a little bit, you know, have them sort of somewhat journaled. Um, it's just really irritating when I do footage, uh, as I have in the past, and my SD card on my camera just decides to mess it up. Um, so when I transfer, yeah, so... That, that's been a bit of a, a ball ache, but I recently found some cool footage for my next classified review. Um, so that should be going up next week sometime. Uh, probably, uh, well, Tuesday for the Patreon, uh, Patreon supporters for the for the Bofors. And yeah, and then maybe one, uh, and then a small surprise review, which I'll release. Because Steve, you did this cool one on the reaction figure recently. And yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Was, was five POA. I had to give it a try. I bought a, a reaction Snake Eyes. But we can talk about that on the back end, the new shit. Yeah, yeah, Rob, of course. Give you us your new it. news. Oh, my goodness. Well, this, yeah, I mean, the, the week overall was pretty um, uneventful, except for really big news related to our comic book shop. We're moving from our current location to basically uh, a standalone house. And I'm, I'm very excited to kind of, like, see what that... Uh, dynamics going to be like going forward um so the end of april is going to be an exceptionally busy time for the comic shop as we're you know gearing up to like pack up the entire comic book shop to move it somewhere else as well as to attend comic-con cape town which is um like the biggest and first uh geek convention since covid in cape town um, Cape Town, yeah, <laughs> yeah. In, in we've cape had town, two yes. sorry yes <laughs> Berg has to have everything you know yeah, you guys sorry, can't wait until things are really safe. You're like, heck it, we're just going to do it. <laughs> done with the sickness. It's just got to keep going. Um, yeah, so shop-wise, I'm very excited to see, like, what's going to happen. Um, I don't know, like, yeah, like, I don't know what the dynamics are going to be like in that space. Like, now it's, it's going to be a closed-off thing. Uh, you have to buzz to get in. So I'm, I'm very interested, like, um, will we have as much foot traffic as we have been having? Um because obviously you, you you always get the the specialized people, you know, who come, the subscribers, yeah. the guys who come and buy comic books and stuff regularly. But you won't get, like, the random people. Or maybe you will. Um, the location is fantastic. Um, it's at an intersection. Um, and apparently, like, tons of traffic go past there daily. Um, mm. And we can have a big sign saying, comic book shop, come comic books. <laughs> read. Learn how to read. I don't know. <laughs> With comics. Um, so yeah, I'm very excited, and we'll have our own bathroom. I think that, that that's a cool thing. Uh, we don't have public toilets anymore. Um, mm. So yeah, very banal news, but it's still very exciting to me. I don't think it's banal. I think it's a pretty <laughs> cool thing. I mean, I saw it uh, uh, announced on Instagram, and I got I, I immediately got excited for you guys because I feel like <clears throat> I feel like you need to get out of the mall, out of that yeah. mall specifically. Um, and I also find, 
uh, like the shop that I'm connected to, which is Anime Works, which is now known as the Nexus Hub. Um, mm. I mean, they they host my stock for Gunpla SA, um, yeah. and they're a freestanding venue. They're not stuck in a mall or anything, and it's been so much better for them in a lot of ways. It's actually it's changed the way that their business works, and I think the same is going to happen to Reader's Den. It's going to turn you guys into a much cooler place. And then also, I mean, uh, re, uh, what's that other Cosmic Comics? They also did a similar thing. They've got a freestanding store now. They've always kind of had a freestanding store, and that's always helped them. Um, mm. And now they've got these little, like, satellite stores that they put into some of the malls. So I feel like they're going a little bit backwards, sort of. But anyway, uh, I, to that, Rob, I wish you all the best, man. I think yeah, I think there's going to be some cool stuff from that. I'm very excited, absolutely. Steven, you're doing well? just survived elliot's second birthday and it was birthday boy. yeah he he's a little boy guys Aww. he's yeah. definitely into um all the things his dad was at, at this stage um none of it age appropriate but all of it like semi-cartoon inspired hell a picture tells a thousand words he got a <sighs> new tricycle he got nice. pretty much all the Paw Patrol like vehicles and play sets of, of a certain era. And he got a Hot Wheels like garage loop to loop track thing, which you're awesome, dude. Let me, <laughs> well, here's the thing, guys. I have no problem with secondhand toys. I am a vintage toy buyer. So everything I buy has filtered through the hands of one or multiple people. So I have no problem getting my kids stuff or Facebook marketplace and bless him at all of about two years age. He doesn't really care much for pack packaging anyway. And let's exactly. face it. If you <laughs> buy a massive set, like a hot wheels garage set and have it still boxed up on the big day, you as a parent are going to be sitting there struggling with this thing for an hour, maybe two, while the kid's on your back wanting to play with it, while you assemble exactly. it, because these things are huge. It's a massive undertaking. I mean, oftentimes you see on the box printed like one hour setup or 90 minutes setup time. Like they give you a fair warning. So you actually want to probably take it out of its box and assemble it the night before anyway. So anyway, yeah. got all this stuff for cheap, cheap, cheap prices. Elliot, if you listen to this in the future, I don't love you any less. I just wanted to make sure you had the most mega blowouts of a Christmas <laughs> or birthday morning. And yeah, guys, he was thrilled, overjoyed. If I had the right video clip on standby right now, I could show you exactly how he flips out when, I mean, this Hot Wheels garage is brilliantly manufactured and engineered. I was very disappointed with a Hot Wheels track system that I bought over Christmas at great cost um, from the store because like the engineering of it just could not match what it set out to do on the box. It had like three loop-de-loops consecutively and one sort of rubber band launcher to get the cars to yeah. do it. There's no ways it could have completed that. So mm. on the low end of the budget, the, the, the engineering just doesn't work out. But on the bigger, like, big ticket flagship items, like the big Christmas item for that year, like this garage, it works. It's so well-tuned to Hot Wheels cars that, in fact, mm. I used a competitive brand of car, and it doesn't work. So it's like, it's, it's almost mathematical to get the cars <laughs> to do these jumps and loops and shoot off and go uh, along the track take in that, the right Tomica. way. <laughs> exactly. Tamika cars yeah. are too heavy. They do yeah. not work. Um, they're so, yeah. I was I was delighted. 
he's so amazed at this mechanism. And at all of two years old, he can kind of do it himself. Like it really yeah. does allow him to do self-play. He's parking uh, the cars on the top level. He's taking them down the ramp. It's it's entirely it's not battery operated. It's like kind of you drive the cars onto a ramp, press a button, which is a kind of spring loaded slack slash clockwork. So it kind yeah. of has cogs to kind of slowly raise it to the top. Then it tilts the cars down on the ramp. They do a first oh. loop. They do a death-defying leap into this kind of bucket, go around, and then at the bottom, you have a crank handle which charges it for another loop. And if, <gasps> if at random uh, it triggers a second system, a shark's mouth pops up and swallows your cars <laughs> at total random. That's so cool. He freaks out. He's like, shark! It's oh, I'm loving this. Shark! Very, very cool. I love so it, that Speed McQueen hauler. Sorry, man. Like, oh yeah, Lightning McQueen. Yeah, yeah, Lightning McQueen. Sorry, you are forgiven. Um, yeah. Anyways, my wife is fast asleep and my child is screaming for her, so I'm going to actually rescue him. Jens, hey. won't you, in my absence, just talk about the coils of Cobra? Did you watch yeah. it? What did you think? Cool. Rob, do you want to start I, off? Well, <laughs> I'm going to say that. It, it, it's cool because like it's been quite a while since we had an episode of the coils of cobra and like the lead-in it's like straight away it's like where snake eyes so like you're straight reminded at least you kind of like set up to kind of go into it and you're like okay cool they're separated and you kind of caught up you may not yeah. know the entire story of what happened you can go you know go back and watch the first three parts but at least you kind of caught up and i thought that was like really you know at least a nice little like point in their favor you know that you kind of like just straight away like you know, these guys are over here, Snake Eyes are over there. Um, and I really love that little that fight sequence in the in the in the hallway. Yes, I was actually eyes. gonna I say it was so much fun. I was gonna say the same thing. I really love the whole infiltration thing with Snake Eyes. Yeah. Like I thought that was so cleverly shot. And this is something that I, I just wanna like tell the like listeners, uh, if you guys have been following the series, um the first one is done when these uh, young gentlemen are quite young. They're quite, they're still quite small. Mm. And you're seeing the quality of this production grow with the, with the, the creators of it. And like, it's just, it's fascinating to see it. It's fascinating to watch it. And, you know, at the end of it, I kept thinking of <clears throat> these four little boys. <laughs> uh, was it, it was four, hey? Was it four? Yes. yes I keep thinking it's it four. Is. Yes. It's four, these four <laughs> little boys. Uh, that were just like they were just super excited to meet Steve and just have a great big photo with us at Comic Con. I do I mean, at Comic Con at like, Joe Con. Steven, Steven, and they were the one who was crawling all over Steve, and it was it was amazing. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and and I'm just like these little got guys me broody. got me broody. <laughs> I bet, dude. Time before I had yeah, my your, one crawling all over me. Your your um your paternal instincts sort of kicked in there. I think every woman there that saw you, like, I think all their pants got wet because they were like, "You're so paternal." <laughs> anyway, so oh, Paul. <laughs> back back to the back to the episode. Uh, I really really love this infiltration. I think it's so cool. It's something that I have been wanting to do, and the excuse I keep making for myself is that I don't have cool backdrops and scenery and stuff. And these dudes did it with like cardboard, and they made up this cool cardboard uh, command console. Oh, that base I don't know if you guys... was so cool. Oh, it is so cool. And I'm just like, yep, 
this is great. This is kids reminding adults how to play with toys. And that was like a special thing for me. Uh, so that was that was a highlight for me on this episode, though, definitely. Um, mm, some great mm. like motion out of Snake Eyes, mm. like flying kicks and various attacks. At one point, he slashes up a computer console. I'm just thinking to myself, yeah, I, I couldn't have done better, honestly. Yeah. I've been at this for a while now, and these boys are showing me a thing or two. It's it's wonderful to see. Well done, Peak Family. Yeah, guys. I mean, and even the narrative is like good. It's like it it follows, and there's some interesting camera angles, and yeah, it just... gets outside of its own head so lovely, so well. Mm. It's just like a child would do. Uh, mm. I tend to get a little bit bogged down in in perhaps too much talky scene work. Whereas these guys get right to it. Snake Eyes has given us the signal, pour it on, Joe's. Like, it, and suddenly a massive attack ensues. You don't need the planning scene of everyone sitting in the board meeting, like coming up with yeah. a mission. Like, <laughs> just go and do it. Play with your toys. Yeah, lo I loved it. I loved it. Well done. Rob, what did you think? I thought overall, yeah, it, it was really strong. Like I was, I was saying to Paul, it, it's cool that they kind of like, it's been a while since we've seen part three, but it kind of like opens with like, you know, Flint, uh, Flint and Lady J. Is it oh, AJ? Yeah. Uh, yeah. They kind of like, no, Flint and, um, Dial Tone. Oh, Dial Tone. God damn it. Lady J is off manning her sniper same. rifle. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, of course, <laughs> guys, just, Dial Tone and Lady J. Or, uh, yeah. Just, or, they got, you know, both have green outfits. Great same thing in the dark, eh? Very. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I just like that they kind of like, hey, how are we going to know that, you know, Snake Eyes is getting his mission done? And then you cut to Snake Eyes. Like, I think it's cool that even without knowing what's come before, you still kind of have this mini little, like, intro into the story mm. as it's happening. And I thought I thought that was really cool. Um, and it is. It's just action from start to finish. And it's very visceral and, and varied. And I like how they don't – some of the kids seem to, like, not – they seem to be precious with the vehicles, but then the other ones are like, <laughs> ah, ah. his tanks and like, ah. <laughs> um, this, this is a, this is one of those new his tanks. No, it's not. It's not but this is, <laughs> flips it. Ah, yeah, so what? And at one point, beachhead, and I think it's dusty. They commandeer his very violently, yeah. like just like <laughs> flip open the canopy, <laughs> throw the guy down. Awesome, 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 awesome. And some incredible prop work. Uh, uh, and I'm uh, I'm actually thinking of uh, the the castle. Okay, so I mentioned the cool little like computer, which I love. That's like totally in my wheelhouse. But they've got these like statues with cobra heads on them. <laughs> yes, and they're one of so red. Yeah, and, and it's like, like major blood's like attack, attack, <laughs> retreat, retreat. <laughs> it's so cool, and I like I, I'm just like. Damn, and then I like, spray painted them and everything like they're in these bottles. Oh, it's, it's too cool, man! It's too mm. cool. Like, like that's that's what I wanted to be like as a kid is like do that kind of stuff, you know. So, well, what more what to say now. than, <laughs> yeah, though a little bit low effort in some respects. I certainly am not about to spray paint up a snake head. Like, Dio building is my kryptonite. I like filming the toys i like editing the sequences but building a set i'm like nah, that's why i film out of doors because i just let mm. nature give uh, me everything i need and well, uh, just let 
with toys shine by part five and six of this uh, i think the peak peak family is going to have some fantastic diet work like this is the yeah. beginnings of it you know you said it rob it's a cross-section through their lives like mm. we might might see them enter adulthood and still be continuing the saga of the coils of cobra wouldn't that be a trip oh, yeah that would like be a trip isn't there that yeah. film concept where a guy films himself every year is it called boy i don't know i think i only know like about that, this tangential every year for 12 years yeah yeah mm. that's how you made the and, movie like the kid grew up as the film was made fascinating and then also like um I mean, and, and just to add to what Stephen's saying, I wouldn't be surprised if I see one of these kids uh, receiving awards for, you know, best screenplay or cinematography one day. You know, um, like watch you know, this space. Oscars. In other words, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. Like you know, we can short this stuff starts. They, just, they started out on our channel. Yeah, go short round. Nice one, dude. But I think a nice so one, cool Academy. For a yeah. Um, it's it's cool that they kind of kept that they still like GI Joe, and I think that's awesome. And they definitely right? watched the cartoons, you know, because I think it feels <laughs> very cartoony. The action inspired. Darren Cobb has the film in mind. It's called Boyhood. Ah, Man. Boyhood. We were close. We've got the hood. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, forget the hood. All right, let's move the agenda on, gentlemen. We have a very clearly defined mission on this episode. We want to talk about playmates. No. I guess for no other reason, for me at least. Not those playmates. That... <laughs> <laughs> we, I have had a bit of a playmates renaissance recently. If you haven't following the podcast, you know that Elliot is into the turtles and at every opportunity anytime we go into this vintage toy store he heads straight to the back where there's a glass case of old ninja ninja turtles toys no. in various states of disrepair <laughs> and he demands that we walk out with one i'm like i'm conscientiously resisting because none of them have their belts i've bought up the ones that have the rubber belts <laughs> and like the rest look they just look unfinished i can't bring myself to do it so i'm like no elliot we've got it home but hold, <laughs> if, if any more on stock, I, I'll snap them up. But that sent me down the Playmates rabbit hole. And Playmates were responsible for, obviously, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But they also did Toxic Crusaders. They did Crusaders. the massive Star Trek uh, toy line for years. Absolutely huge. Which yeah. was hugely popular. Uh, probably the best generations uh, and Voyager and Deep Space Nine and movie toys, you're likely to get uh, up to a point. I mean, maybe other companies have followed on from now, but at the time, like these were, this was your avenue to having a full bridge crew or all the characters from Deep Space Nine. So the the, the impact of these toys cannot be understated. Overstated. Uh, that one. Overstated, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, check, check myself. Yeah, yeah. I might wreck myself. Uh, so we have been remiss to not ever talk about these. I mean, we talked about Toy Biz. We talked about Batman toys on this podcast. But we never got into Playmates. And so as our Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles super fan, Paul, do you want to give us some first-hand accounts of, like, when you saw these toys in Toy R's? What was the Oh, impact? dude. Oh, dude, I totally want to. Okay, so that's... <laughs> This is thankfully a, a moment in my life that's etched in my memory, which is pretty cool. So 
uh, we used to frequent this mall called uh, Cresta Shopping Center. In fact, we still frequent that mall. But my mom would always, every weekend, like clockwork, I'd wake up in the morning on Saturday morning. I didn't have Mnet, uh, which was a paid kind of TV service, uh, which had lots of cool cartoons. So I would just wake up in the morning and my mom would want to go and check out, you know, go and do clothing shopping or whatever, go and check out the stuff. And, and naturally, it being the late 80s, I think at that time it was 1990. And it was safe. You know, you could basically tell your kid, okay, cool, run to, here's some like money, go run to the arcade or whatever, and I'll meet you at this time. So I had my little like very big orange and blue scuba watch. And <laughs> and cool. And I, my mom would go and look at Fashini and Edgar's and whatever the hell else. And I would go to like three places in particular, or specifically go to three places in Cresta. The first one was downstairs by the movies. They had an arcade there. And I used to go and play, um, what's it? Uh, cool, cool, cool game. After, uh, I keep wanting to call it Afterburner. Is it After? Yeah, it is Afterburner. Um, I used to play Afterburner <laughs> quite a lot. Yeah. In the, and like was, the pod. Yes. Well, it wasn't the full, oh. full pod. It was the half pod. So it didn't do the swinging around thing. But it was cool because I used to play that because that was G-Log. Had the whole swinging around. Uh, play, and then Afterburner had the, the normal sitting in one. Anyway, that was great. And I used to play it for quite a while. <laughs> Sorry. It was too rad. No, 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 no. It's all good. I'm just going to make sure that my memory's right here. Yeah? And then after that, I'd go and play Galaxy Force, which was right behind it. It used to be cool because all the, like, a lot of kids, you know, because arcades back then. So kids used to watch me play. So that was always, like, fun for me because I used to get quite far. And then when I would run into the continue, some kid would jump in and be like, okay, cool, and continue from where I left off, punk. Um, <laughs> and then I would and go then to subsequently CNA. die a lot because, what, you were quite far, I assume. I was quite far, far yeah. I was at the, in the nighttime missions, which get quite that difficult. kid did not it. earn it. He didn't he earn did it. Yeah, Galaxy Force used to kill them. That used to always be fun. And then I'd run to CNA because CNA used to have the best toys. Um, and right in front of the CNA, not at the back where the toys usually are. Right in the front, they had these like these things, these green creatures that had like ninja weapons. And I was like, what the hell are these things? And I'm like, wow. And I'm pouring over them. And you know, the, the plan is that my mom will always meet me at the CNA. That's what it was, because it was quite close to the Edgars. And she sees me there and she sees me looking at these things and she's like, I take it you want one. I'm like, yes. And she's like, how much are they? They're like 50 Rand. She's like, I'm not gonna pay 50 Rand for that. Nah. Anyway, I didn't get it that day. I only got it like a few days later and I had to ask my mom. I'm like, you have to get the green and orange one, the green and orange one, the green and orange no one. Anyway, was your first one my... Michelangelo as well? It was the uh, Michelangelo was my first one. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, yeah, it's just so crazy, you know, because I remember like, I think school started quite shortly after that. Um, and my buddy, Justin, he had just gotten his first Ninja Turtle, which was Raphael. And I remember looking at Raphael going, that's such an that's like a really nice green. I should have gotten Raphael, but he was, was still in the packaging. He brought the figure in the packaging sealed to show Nerd. me. And I'm like, what? what the hell? Yeah. What child like, can resist? I'd, apparently Justin Miller could. <laughs> but Whoa. yeah. And it was crazy because that's when Total Mania became uh, began for me. Because not a week or two after that, my buddy James Bolton, who was my buddy from pre uh, preschool. He would also start getting the Ninja Turtles and he got the, we both had Nintendos or Nesses, you know, the knockoff ones. And he got the Ninja Turtle game. You know, the really hard side-scrolling one? Yes, dude. <laughs> yeah, anyway, it's a long thing. My first Playmates toy was Michelangelo. 
And I actually have a picture of it, uh, just in case anybody has forgotten what Michelangelo looks like. So there Michelangelo? He is Which stories. one is he? He's the, <laughs> oh, one the orange headband. <laughs> and okay, they weren't soft heads either, because I, I think. No, yeah, we I'll, probably didn't get the first release turtles. Definitely not. That was, I mean, get, th those soft heads, mm. I think, were from 87. We were mm. getting these things in, in the early 90s. So, absolutely, yeah, those mm. were uh, vaporized by then. Rob, your earliest introduction to Playmates toys? I think it probably was the, the Ninja Turtles as well. Um, like, uh, I was like looking at pictures of like in, the entire cruise of like Star Trek. I wish I could have had those. Um, but yeah, it was Turtles. And I, I don't think it was Michelangelo. I'm sorry, you know, to break the trend. Um, but I'm almost certain it was Donatello who I got first. And also, mm, I didn't nice. own all of them either. I think it, I had Donatello, Leonardo, and Michelangelo. For some reason, well, I, don't, I, I understand why. Raphael's super popular. Um, but I could never find a, a Raphael. Instead, I got hmm. the um, Robo Turtle. I think it was. Oh, Metalhead. Yes, Metalhead. He was my fourth turtle. Um, nice. And what? and I had an April O'Neil. That was pretty cool. Very I, cool. I had Metalhead. Aren't you thinking of my one then? No, no. I also have one. Brilliant. Both have what one. a toy. What an amazing yeah, toy. Like, I've got chrome, a cool story with him too. <laughs> the chrome hey. central body, the mm. light piping on top. It just... There's so many that cool features blow my packed mind. into these guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, back then, I think we had Transformers that had some light piping, but this guy, it really worked well. And it was sculpted to resemble a brain at the opening yeah. on top. And that was something that was so quite cool. new. For the light so piping, nasty. like the, 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 the part that lets in the light to actually still be sculpted and treated as part of the figure design. Mm. Amazing. But yeah, man, so, I think I tell a similar story to you, Paul, and in that I think all three of us didn't have the paid subscription service that had old, well, had G.I. Joe cartoon reruns, and it also mm -hmm. was the first channel to air the Turtles cartoon. So I, one year, got a videotape cassette recording from that paid subscription <laughs> service containing a single episode of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from my grandmother. And she also, at the same time, gifted me a Michelangelo action figure. Hey. So it was this perfect storm of, like, the toy plus the accompanying cartoon. And, and I was set, man. To me, it feels like Michelangelo is the scoop of the turtles. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the weapons he comes with are, like, inoffensive. Like, he's got, oh, he's, he's got little, you know, like, sticks that he flings around. I mean, that, that doesn't look too Oh, you mean Donatello? No, not Donatello, mm. Michelangelo. I mean, Donatello comes with a long stick. I mean, that looks pretty Oh, with his staff. With the, with you know, the with staff. If, if I'm I picking up what Rob's is... putting down, he's talking about his mother's philosophy of buying her son <laughs> non-violent toys. Non-violent looking figures. So, I don't know. I mean, you know, grand grandmothers might think that way too. You know, like, oh, that one has Jesus. a stick. That's dangerous. I don't know. Well, he might poke his <laughs> eyes got... out. Two short skipping ropes. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> that that looks okay. really nice. You can have fun, you know. No, that one with the forks is from Satan. Oh no! <laughs> but guys, don't you remember the the weapons were all still on the tree, and I think the yes. tree was behind the figure, or was it alongside the figure? All right, okay. Well, that blows my, my actually. I've got a picture here. Oh, oh I've got the complete uh, tree. I, I bought ooh. a Leonardo recently that had its weapons unclipped. And it's not a right. reissue. This is an original. And Very I'm like, oh, nice. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's so but I, I don't no, know where I... they were in the packaging. In any case, I think they usually that are with them on the, the tree. Table. Yeah, but mm, with them yeah. still on the tree, like I don't think a parent would necessarily individuate okay, the that, that, that blows blows my theory out of the the water. I guess Michelangelo just looks the friendliest. Like Maybe your mom is, just like is, purple, is... dude. It could be that as well. Yeah. Mm. I think. Interesting. I think, uh, like for me. I just think as a kid, I just really liked that green and that orange. I mean, I mm. didn't even know what a Ninja Turtle was. I was just like, this toy is really rare. It looks awesome. And then my, and then when I used to sleep over at James's house, that's how I watched Ninja Turtles because they had in it. So we used to watch hey. it on Saturday morning on KTV's um, Power Hour or whatever it was. Ah, uh, yeah, we used to watch Ninja Turtles. But we also watched the first, that was my first movie in cinema was the first Turtles movie as well. So... Lots Aww. of cool stuff. There's lots of cool memories around Ninja Turtles, and um, and figures. I mean, you guys mentioned Metalhead, so Metalhead mm. is probably the last Ninja Turtle toy I bought. Well, that was bought for me, and I don't actually even really know where. I think I was in Parkhurst. Like my mom had to go to a meeting or something on Saturday, or meet somebody in Parkhurst, or mm. or in Parktown even, and there was a spa and she needed to go into the spa probably to get cigarettes and you know naturally we do what we all do we go straight to the toy section doesn't matter if you're in spa or uncle billy's you know veg market you find the <laughs> toy section and there was metalhead and i couldn't believe my eyes i was like who is this like cyborg you know like terminator looking turtle thing because i knew what the terminator was which is weird and I, I just had to have it and i'd never seen that toy ever again on pegs anywhere that was like literally the only mm. place i ever saw it was in a spa and that was the last turtle toy I got, and he was so, so, so rad. And then, like another random place that I got a, a he was the a last turtle toy thing. I got too. A crazy man! Yeah, I'm gonna have to break wow. that trend again. I I believe the last one I got was the the weird crocodile guy with the shotgun. Oh, uh, um, leatherhead! Leatherhead! Yes, I keep getting him and leatherhead confused. Always. You got him at Blue Root Mall, mm. did you not? I think so. Yeah. Actually, I remember that Blue Root Mall had him and uh, Weapon X from Toybiz uh, and Sauron. But this was yeah, long was after those things had stopped being sold. Like, this was back stock that they just never just got rid of and never took around. off the shelves. They're hanging around for years and years and years. And so, yeah, I, I snapped up the Toybiz figures, leaving the one <laughs> Playmates figure for you, Rob. We've got some great um, information from Mark van Leeuwen, which I think is quite interesting, a, a talking point. He says that uh, he only had Raphael and loved him. Totally mm. not in scale, but he would join my Joe Ninjas nevertheless. I still have him and all his accessories. A bit sticky, though, due to age. Uh, mm -hmm. And then he goes on to say that he used Cobra Knight Vulture's figures as Foot Troopers and Overlord as Shredder. I can see and that now. They are way mm. cooler than the original ones, I think. Now, that's cool because if you played the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as very hench and like kind of larger as michael bay did in the, the films mm. these kind of turtle slash hulk creatures um then they work with gi joes at the three and three quarter inch scale mm. personally i prefer the idea that these turtles are teenagers and they're a little bit shorter but yeah if you did want to mix your toys uh, genres that is absolutely a valid way to do you it do that yeah, yeah. Mm. i never did though because i wasn't swept up in turtle mania as a child <laughs> I kind of issued it in favor of G.I. Joe. So okay. Michelangelo as a gift, and I think Leatherneck Metalhead was also a gift, 
And that's where it stopped for me. I always kind of saw these colorful toys. I loved the Playmates approach, the very whimsical uh, way they treated the properties. Like very tongue in cheek. All the weapons and equipment had cool sounding like hip 90s names um, and little bio write-ups. Like not only did they take on the G.I. Joe. Exactly. (laughs) Not only did they take on the G.I. Joe medium of of having a file card very detailed and and full of nuggets of information on their fighting styles and their weapons and their their training and their history and their character like sort of multifaceted file card writing but also they had a little cutout bar of just detailing the included accessories and that's something that like really set my imagination alight like why not lean into the suspension of disbelief to the point where you actually speak about these little lumps of plastic that the figure comes with, with great reverence and great like technical mm. detail. But in the case of the Turtles line and the Toxic Crusaders, some zany write-ups as well, just for, just for yucks. And I really, really, really connected with that. However, not enough to buy this instead of buying G.I. Joe. So Okay. Well, it's playmates. Very different for me. I mean, I had because I had already a whole bunch of six-inch figures from um, uh, Motu as well as uh, Thundercats. Like I had a whole bunch of them. I mean, I had enough that I didn't have to play with other, you know, with GI Joes with them. I had Shredder. I had um, Splinter. I had April O'Neil, um, and then basically a set of four Turtles. So they could actually just play together with the other six-inch figures that I had. And I think I did eventually get to watch the cartoon quite a bit. Either I rented it um, from the local... You were um, hanging out at Honey's house? Or, well, hang, yeah, I probably hung out at, yeah, at my aunt's place quite a bit. And she yeah, she, she had Mnet. Um, and so I got to watch the cartoon probably a lot more than Stephen did. Um, so, yeah, I appreciated the, the turtles for what they were. You know, these cool young ninja dudes. Um, and, yeah, I had, I had enough of the toys to be able to have them play together in their own world without... Um, integrating them into anything else but i like the idea though of actually playing turtles with gi joes that actually sounds really fun so i want to touch on that does anyone remember when the cartoon came on like regular general tv sabc tv oh shit i have no idea Mm. because i i've literally always watched it on mnet I don't re- well, recall it, it ever it being on someone, I'm sure Here's the reason why you perhaps have no memory of it. And this is a great little anecdote. So mm-hmm. it came on regular TV, but by that stage, it had been simulcast into Cosa. Oh. So mm. I was watching it in vernacular, in sort of a, a, a different language to English. But I... it was... It was a simulcast broadcast, meaning that if you tuned your radio in the radio to, uh, to Radio 2000, you could listen to the original English soundtrack. That's wild. I don't remember that. Oh, it gets I mean, better. I remember it for other shows. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I desperately wanted to have some more Turtles adventures on tape for me to treasure and watch over and over again. So uh-huh. I set it up that I recorded on the VCR the visuals and <laughs> alongside it i set up a audio cassette to tape the english dub off the radio <laughs> ADR. <laughs> cool. however i didn't realize and i mean to this day it still blows my mind but obviously these are mechanical devices that turn at a ever so slightly different speed so yeah. if you want to watch it back and you you sync up your vhs and your stereo and press play at the same time 
they might start at more or less the same time, but they will eventually fall further and further out of sync to the point where it becomes a useless exercise. Anyway, mm -hmm. I learned this the hard way, but imagine that. You want to watch your favorite tune? You have to break out the hi-fi, get that audio cassette, get the video cassette, sync them up at the beginning, and then eventually they fall out. I mean, ridiculous, ridiculous lengths we went to. I should have just watched. I wound up just watching it in Corsa anyway. Yeah, of course. I mean, you can sort of follow what's going on. <laughs> so quickly, and, and before we move on from before we move on from the turtles, there are one or two little things that I do want to share. So, speaking of weird places, and this is something about the Ninja Turtles that has always been kind of interesting for me um, as a toy line. I got Rat King from a barber shop. Now, I think I've shared the story before on the podcast. The barber shop used to be close to my post office where my folks live in Honeydew. And I had to go and get a haircut because, you know, it's me with my long damn, damn long hair when I was a kid. And I see Rat King in the window. So naturally, I want this figure. And he's just really great. And I got him before Metalhead. But Rat King ended up being one of my favorite villains from, from, the, Turtles, from the Turtles toy line. And then, um, and then just in that whole line, like, I, I had quite a few of the bad guys. So I had the four Turtles. And I was very fortunate to get the four Turtles. Uh, because, you know, everybody wanted them. And, and and my buddy James, I mean, him and his brother, they had the giant ones, you know, the big giant turtles. They, they yeah, their parents were like turtle befork, and they sorted them out nicely. They even had these little sewer play sets that were made out of wood with like little removable sewer um, lids and, or oh, manhole covers. Cool. Oh, it was so cool, man. It was really, really rad. And one of the sweetest things ever, um, and... Like, shame, bless my parents' souls. Uh, but they were never, like, my parents are just not tuned into certain things, you know? Uh, so uh, I was invited to a birthday party, um, and it was, like, a Ninja Turtles birthday party, and it was friends of James's that, and I was invited to that. And obviously, you know, like, so I'm like, okay, cool, I don't have Ninja Turtles, anything. You know, my mom got me this Ninja Turtles shirt, and shame, I got there, and James's mom had actually got me a Raphael outfit. <laughs> so I had this cool little Raphael outfit. And I think it's because of that that I started liking Raphael quite a lot as a turtle. Um, you know, I had a little headband and a little like, you know, like they're basically green pajamas, you know, with your little like white boy <laughs> hands and feet that stick out of them <laughs> and everything. And, you know, and James and his brother had the, the plastic ninja weapons. And that was like good times, man. That, not so much playmates. It's just it's bringing back a lot of memories for me with uh, the turtles. And guys, did any of you have Shredder? Yes, I did. Shredder was something. <laughs> he was always pooping. <laughs> I watched like the toys that made us the other day, and the sculptor is actually on there saying, like, he didn't want them to look stiff in the mm. packaging because that doesn't sell toys. So he gave them mm. these very hunched over, like, pre-posed look. I mean, that was in final analysis the wrong philosophy because it oh, limits yeah. the figure completely but yeah look at least on paper he, i mean his original sketches and designs of shredder and the foot soldier kind of look cool they look yeah. very dynamic but as an action figure it doesn't work so much i just know that like for me and many kids in uh growing up around me that had shredder the cape just disappeared because nobody wanted him in his freaking <laughs> bathrobe okay those in some cases some people had pulled off those wrists um his blades on his wrist and his arms ah, i found that no. the best the best use for this guy was on something called i, I think it, it's the vehicle's called a, a knucklehead it's like a 
looks like a spider with like it's got boxing gloves on its little hands and the idea is that you drop it on a turtle and it captures a turtle it's a very cool like fun little vehicle i permanently had him on the knucklehead because literally he could actually sit on there properly you know with his fucking legs <laughs> laid out like a porn star <laughs> it was great and foot soldiers like these bad boys they had these things on their arms and for me they always looked like flies um, so uh, I used to like twist uh, these things out so they had like wings. So I'd make them like fly around. Uh, foot soldiers were great. And I just want to just, uh, and this is like on the, on the way to the next toy line we're going to talk about. But this is probably the, the best uh, Turtles toy ever made or Turtles vehicle ever made, at least in my humble opinion. I had one. It was very dangerous. I can't believe they sold this thing to, to pizza kids. Shooter. Because, Yes, dude. I've heard stories. I mean, I know somebody who's chip, who chipped another kid's tooth, or I think his tooth was chipped by this thing. I shot, I, I got this, and then my parents had to go to like a police a ball thing. It was some like your awards thing. You know, for, <laughs> I thought you were going to say that. Go to the police to get like a license for you to have it. <laughs> no, 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 no. And while, they, while the lights were still on, I'm sitting on the stage and they're setting up everything. And I'm like, got this pizza launcher. So I want to see how far these pizzas go. Well, let me tell you. That hall was slightly bigger than a South African school hall, which, geez, I have to think um, in terms of space. Wow, that's about, what, 20, 30 meters, 40 meters long? This thing shot a pizza pretty much almost across that length. (laughs) And the pizza still had enough momentum to slide on the ground. I lost a few pizzas that night, but science, you know, I employed science. I used science. I figured out how far it went. (laughs) <laughs> for the listeners great. it is a wheeled vehicle dressed up in green two shades of green a turtle sits on top with a kind of a uh, bicycle style handle and it's a top loading disc shooter yeah and like on the avalanche by all accounts it shoots extremely far but it doesn't shoot discs it shoots pizzas Pizza. with the pizzas no. plastic with like a yes decal on top okay yes they, and they were hard plastic and also, mm. that thing is battery-powered. So that's not a spring-loaded Ooh. weapon. It's no, battery-powered. No, no, no. So it spins the thing in the inside. So you press okay. a button, and it loads the pizza. And when you let the button go, it like the pizza hits that like spinning bit, and it shoots that's it out. So that's why it fucking destroyed well, teeth. That becomes more interesting. I was yeah. imagining on this like sort of side of the picture that you'd have a little <laughs> sort of just a, 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 a sort of a, a finger um, spring-loaded. Yeah, like a flick. Yeah. Yeah, like but on Apple. No, battery powered. That's yep, wild. But it also makes no sense because why would they not just eat the pizzas? Why are they wasting <laughs> the pizza? Well, this is the the, the whimsy they that can't... I spoke of earlier, which is so delightful <laughs> about turtles. I mean, on the one hand, they have very lethal weapons, but they'll sooner throw a pizza pie at a bad guy than cut them up with a katana. Which it's amazing. And 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 Turtles presented the perfect wacky vehicle for these concepts to all find their time in the sun. Mm. But if we flip things over to the distant future, uh, the 24th century, I believe, Playmates also got in deep with Star Trek. And to a greater or lesser degree, we are all Trekkies here on on G.I. Joburg. Um, if you wanted to hear the very amateurish ramblings of, uh, of, of, of Star Trek fans, like we could probably have a sister podcast to this based entirely on that mythology. Absolutely but crazy. I'm curious about who took up these toys. I 
looking back at them now, so I've, I found like they literally made dozens and dozens and dozens of Star Trek figures. The Star Trek line is is prolific. And the cool thing also you notice with Playmates is that depending on the line and the sensibilities of the shows that they're based on, they do do articulation and yes. the accessories appropriate to those shows and the sensibilities of the fans. Um, Albeit in colors that are not appropriate. Yeah. Like all the Starfleet like, equipment is always like in bright orange or teal or blue. Orange like, or like come that. on, guys. So this is a line that I wish I had seen more of growing up. Um, I hmm. saw lots of the figures, um, but I didn't collect. Basically, I have one. And oh, it's probably the Riker grabbing his dick. <laughs> Absolutely. He, and he's, he, he, and the cool thing is probably that figure can do the cool like chair. Um, uh, mount as well, I reckon. Oh, you <laughs> Com mean the... compliments of the V crotch. <laughs> what, you gotta kick your leg the... up. You find the Riker good, the, the Riker maneuver, I guess. Maneuver, yeah, yeah, no, but it, yeah, it's, it's got the Riker maneuver or something, yeah. But like it's complete cruise. You can. They made them all in the same scale. You can literally own the entire cruise. But what did I own? You Borg. <laughs> Borg. <laughs> Joy. No, oh, Borg. I just watched um that episode. It's called <laughs> I Borg. Yes. Mm. Yeah. They they find a, a juvenile uh Borg survivor <laughs> on a crash site and take him onto the Enterprise and kind of rehabilitate him. Anyway, this is a wonderfully sculpted figure it's and really... comes with yeah. well colored accessories. Uh, thankfully. Um I'm but like he was literally the only one I own. And I'm very sad that I was never able to buy more because this is a line that I would have loved to get into. But I don't I think I everywhere. saw them. Did you? I don't remember. I saw them, them everywhere, dude. Much. They were everywhere DNA. in your book. CNA, CNA stocked Dion's. them a lot. Gosh, Dion's God. had them by the truckload. So, well, for I you, almost bought one. That, almost. It was just the fact that you didn't ever see them that you didn't buy them because I always walked past and thought to myself. Yeah, those crotches really ain't great. And there's not much <laughs> I can do with uh, figures that have that immediate limitation on their, their, their ability to sit properly. This and also, they're just too big. So I'm once again going to stay true. Yeah, to once again, it doesn't help. But like, mm. no, if, if I had seen these, this is probably my greatest like regret as like a, a, a toy collector, is that I wasn't able to get these because like I would have, I would have absolutely died to own entire crews. Well, toy. I've got you know, some kind of good news there, for you, Rob. If you them. are looking for these on the secondary market, <laughs> they, on card, will still cost pretty much the same as they always did. That's Adjusted for inflation. Wild. But, like, I, I'm seeing carded figures now at the local vintage sh sh shop. I mean, the the doctor from these, uh, from Voyager. Uh, yeah. I know he's a, oh, he's a fan. Of Voyager, uh, the doctor, yeah. The Doctor, the holographic the, Doctor. Uh, yes. I know he's a fan favorite and certainly a favorite of yours, but yeah, $35 on card. insane. Crazy. Jeez. So, yeah, this was, this was a line that I, I never saw, but I always wished that I could have gotten into. Like, just I, just in my mind, it would be so cool to own, yeah, entire crews of, of, yeah. of, of these guys. Um because like generally the, the likeness isn't absolutely crazy good, but it's not, but it's it's good enough that you you do recognize who that person is. Like that is better cute. than Jurassic Park. Oh, absolutely! Like it's yeah. cute, but like it works for what it is, and they're consistent. I think in the way that they they characterize the the characters from 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 the TV shows. 
this yeah this is one line is i wish good. i got into was never able to oh she she always looks good oh and yeah, interesting that good. interesting that yeah she's also the only one that doesn't have articulation in the knees yeah, of course, because they want that uh, sexy gold pose. Contraposer. Mm. <laughs> so for me, I never picked up one of these, ever. Mm. I, I, I picked them off the shelf to look at them because I was always mildly curious about them because some of them had like really interesting stuff happening in the packaging. Like um, like I think at one stage, there's like a line of these that comes with like sort of plastic things or discs or something that you put into a tricorder or something like that. I can't remember the exact details but i just remember them being well finished off and i remember them having the the um communicator as a stand at some point mm. and there was a lot of cool stuff happening with these but here's the thing guys as when i was like ninja turtle age i love ninja turtles and i loved star trek because star trek was on i think it was on what is it friday Saturdays. night was it Saturday, friday Saturday, one of the two I think it keep was thinking Saturday it's Friday. 6 Saturday 6 p.m. slot, and I only remember the time because, my goodness, Rob and I... before the news. <laughs> we, we absolutely were settled in to watching it in my parents' room because there was always sport going on in the, the lounge. So yeah. we were watching yeah. it in my parents' room every night. And boy, oh boy, did I get a stern talking to any time I spoke over the part of the Voyager intro <laughs> where they passed through like the sort of belt... Of a planet, it's like a gas giant, and it has da, a little asteroid belt. Yeah. That if I did that, Rob <laughs> would lose. His <laughs> he was so pissed off with me. He wanted to hear the sound of an asteroid belt. Anyway, please continue. <laughs> anyway, so I watched TNG quite a bit. Um, and then it sort of, I fell out of favor with it because I was starting to do other things going over to people's houses and they didn't watch Star Trek. And then there's that whole stupid thing of Star Trek becoming nerdy and blah, blah, blah. And I was very much a Star Wars kid more so than I was a Star Trek kid. Uh, and so my allegiances were pulled towards Star Trek. I mean, Star Wars. So, you know, Star Trek was automatically bad because I was around a lot of, you know, stupid, toxic gatekeepery fanboy assholes. Um, and not realizing it. that I was actually just, you know, actually crushing my own nuts by not watching Star Trek. So the figures were kind of completely dead to me. And it was only later on when they started showing like Voyager and stuff on Sundays uh, that I used to sort of catch mm. little bits of Voyager and stuff on Sundays that I started regretting, like, you know, missing out on these figures and, and you know, missing out on Trek. And that's sort of when I got into Trek. But man... Uh, Rob, I wouldn't say I have this huge regret that you do, but looking at this this crew, the TNG crew, yeah, I would have, I wouldn't mind like having like a handful of those, you know, just because they're just such great icons, you know, and and having them in this kind of form is so much cooler in some ways than having them in this hyper realistic, you know, mm. NECA looking kind of scale. You know what I mean? Like, other companies did do them later. I think Diamond Select did a, a yeah, line of like exclusive figures, and they are good. I mean, I randomly picked up one with a sale before I worked at my comic book shop of War from Nemesis. It's a really oh, cool. good figure, but like it just doesn't feel the same as like these. Like these feel because there is is a disconnect from hyper realism. You can kind of fill in the gaps, and they yes. look more realistic than than what they actually are. I feel. Agreed. I'm fully there with you. Also, I was always intrigued by the, almost the, the blind box nature of their accessories, kind of being hidden behind the collector card. Mm. Yes, that's what However, it was. However, yeah. 
I always lamented the fact that the phasers had their beams, beams perpetually yeah. on and <laughs> yeah. like very short range. <laughs> like literally it was a lightsaber. <laughs> you might have just punched someone. Very stupid. <laughs> like why did they make that decision? I suppose it was made because otherwise these accessories are way too small. You know, all Starfleet equipment is very miniaturized and mm. makes for quite a dainty little piece. A hyperspray, a tricorder, uh, a phaser, which basically looks like a TV remote. Um, so, yeah, they've, they've made the decision to put the, the wand, this orange wand protruding. And even worse <laughs> than that, when they just went all one color and didn't bother with paint. Yeah, a blue beam. No, thank you. Uh, pause. No, no. That that's why I kept making up reasons to not buy any. But mm. if boys, and this is where we get into a little assignment that we had with this topic of mm. dream items that we missed out on that we absolutely would have snapped up from the Playmates series of toys had we seen them, had we had the the pocket money to afford them, would we not have all bought the bridge playset from TNG? Oh, sure. And I've seen that. This Oh, oh my god yeah okay so it I've is the that. entire bridge and it is entirely walled but just <laughs> like a just like a film set you can disconnect the walls and shoot through various it's... different apertures you can take <laughs> off the, the view screen uh, in the front and shoot straight down through the back you know the classic bridge shot you could also disconnect mm -hmm. the back wall and then mm. shoot over the shoulders of the, the crew at the view screen. There was a cool Romulan warbird on that view screen, sort of permanently displayed, but it had a bit of um, lights and sounds feature that would uh, simulate a torpedo going into the warbird. Very cool. Commander Tomalock. Dude, the, if the doors at the back have a mechanism that makes them slide in symphony like they would so in the you, show. yeah it's if like you just it's... grab the slider it would open both door sides it's like they took the actual set and they just miniaturized it it's like i think that's what they kind of did <laughs> it's yeah sublime and rob i, I don't agree. think we would have necessarily played star trek but around the same time we were so starved of bridges mm. we were always building massive like space freighters and playing out sci-fi adventures and the bridge was obviously a focal point for that action because we were star trek kids to have a playset that fulfills that purpose so sublimely because it is actually the Star Trek bridge would have yeah. been something that saw a lot of use. Absolutely. And I, the reason is... I caution against using it with the actual intended figures is because those guys can't sit for shit. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, great downfall thinking... of the Playmates figures and the reason why I didn't pull the trigger on any of them is the damn V crotch that decision <laughs> on Playmates' part to make? I suppose the Starfleet uniforms needed to be quite svelte, needed to have a very clean line. So the design decision was made early doors that all of these guys would slavishly stick with that V crotch, which horrendous, horrendous. Anytime it's you need them to sit, it's just it's not a good look. <laughs> no. Sorry, Rob. I yeah. cut you off. You were going to say something. No, no, no. I was just like, I, I was, I was agreeing with you. This is the ultimate thing that I, I would have got from Playmates if I could, if I missed so, out. So I saw this thing in Toys R Us, Westgate. You no, bastard! You saw it, son of yeah. Man. Actually, no, not Westgate. Woodmead, Woodmead Toys R Us. Was uh, it too much Star Wars? Money. 
it was <laughs> bashed up, dude. Like the box was oh, completely right. bashed up. It was. Yeah. I I did remember looking at it. It was cheap. It was like two hundred and fifty rand or something. If I'm if I'm not <gasps> mistaken, it's like super cheap. Like but my nothing. buddy, my buddy Yun has one of these. And at first, when I saw it, I thought this was the same one as his. But then you mentioned the the Romulan Warbird uh, being like there permanently. Now he's got another one, which is pretty much the same scope uh, sculpt. Uh, and and this this way memory fa- uh, fails me a little bit because he has a lot of trick stuff and he actually had a lot of those playmates figures in card that he kept in his room uh, in his lounge uh, with um, his Star Wars stuff. Um, wonderful collection actually. Anyway, this thing um, the screen you could change. It actually had different images or something that you right. could change inside that screen. So I don't know if it's this one or the version as two much of this. Yeah. Very fancy. Yeah. So that was cool. Awesome. I want to catch up with some chats because there's some good ones, boys. Uh, yeah. We've got Darren Cobb Wang in saying that Casey Jones was his favorite uh, uh, because he loved that everything could fit into the golf bag. Casey Jones was oh, a fantastic figure. <laughs> that Turtles had a fan-powered skateboard that could kick the people. Cheap I, I would love to pick up a cheap skate because I think it finishes off my Michelangelo. Like I would love to just have one in decent enough nick. It doesn't need to have the flag, but uh, yeah, the, the bizarre like mirror reflective bit in the front that just looks fun. Uh, it's Mark cool, man. mentions that GI Joe Canary Anne could be a perfect April O'Neil, albeit a very expensive one. I think he's referring to a fun school redeco of Lady J. Yes. which cost her in yellow plastic. Yeah, the red hat. good stuff. Yeah. Um, and apparently, Darren Cobb was at a convention and got a sort of early screening of the first couple of episodes of Voyager by <sighs> Walter Koenig, who, no. played, who, play, who played Chekhov in the original series. So Amazing. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll, cool. give you guys, I'll give Thank you guys you a cool piece of... Star Wars trivia. I watched First Contact with a girl called Nicola Knoble. And Knoble? Wow. Yeah. Knobles? And uh, she, yeah, uh, she was. <laughs> and her, that was our first date. And that they was. Are like, <laughs> no, man, we were in Standard Five, dude. We were right. like that. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm sure there were kids that were doing that, but we were like chill. No, I mean, we went to go watch Star Trek as a first date, and that They're was like. Be drinking. <laughs> That was <laughs> that was like you know a movie that we both chose together. So I was like, cool, you know, this girl's a geek. So, but I mean, she was pretty. I mean, she's still pretty. She grew up pretty too. Anyway, um, just a bit of insight there. Yeah, just thought you guys might appreciate that, or our listeners might appreciate that. I don't know. You know, um, First Contact is great though. I love that movie. Um, personally, uh, maybe, maybe I need to rewatch it because like. When I listen to critical opinion on it now, people are kind of lukewarm. I'm like, no ways. This is the, this, the ultimate Star Trek movie. It was yeah, action packed, but it was still, it had great character beats and gave everyone something to do. Yeah, I think, I think history has been unkind <laughs> on showing Picard up to be like an action hero, which is what those films were trying to do desperately. Yeah. yeah. But back at the time, you know, back in the day, I I, I gobbled at the time, it up. They're absolutely fantastic, oh. yeah. Yeah, man. And... and what is her name? Um, Violet Davis. Oh. 
No, no, not what fine. I mean, she was great, but I'm talking about great. the South African actress who played the the Borg Queen. I can never um, remember, but yes, no, of course. Oh, yes, yes. We'll, we'll take Creel. that one. Annalyn Creel, yeah. Hey, like, uh, yeah. She went on but, to do many roles. Shall we expand our conversation to chat about other Playmates lines that we might have dabbled yes. in? Oh, mm. yes. Whoa, oh, yes. Your poor you want me to throw in a wild card? A total wild card. Do it. Because I don't think our listeners are expecting to talk about this line. This uh, line. Drum roll, please. Of course, Ooh. that picture wouldn't appear, appear. Oh, yes, it did. Nobody's expecting us to talk about this line. James Bond Pic- Jr. Now. Goodness James gracious. Bond Jr. Yeah, and that would be the one I had. <laughs> Ninja James Bond Jr. Everyone had because... that one because, like, the regular one got bought up. <laughs> so I also didn't like that he had so shorts, cool. man. That really right. weirded me out. Like, I don't know. I just, I just didn't like the normal one. He just looked so. You are referring specifically to was it Ninja James Bond Jr.? Yeah, he came with two swords. Yeah. yeah. This this would very seamlessly go with your Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles collection. Oh yeah, honestly, makes perfect oh, yeah. sense. Also got but, this bad boy. <laughs> Speaking uh, of shorts, but he had a skateboard, man. Gordo Lighter, presumably Felix Lighter's offspring or a family member. I imagine that's the the trick there, yeah. <laughs> he was just Gross, a radical man. dude with a skull T-shirt, pink shorts, <laughs> white high tops, and a skateboard. I mean, could you get a more radical okay. figure? I mean, that's so 90s. That's that's like, he's like the poster child for the 90s. And um, at least for 90s Australia, in my opinion. Anyway. um, Oh, he does have a mullet, of course. (laughs) Right. And this very cool vehicle. There Uh, it is. This is the thing that, this is the coolest thing from the line. And yeah, I never had it. Steven has it. The sub-cycle. Yes. So good. It's the only good thing to come out of this line. The car was cool too. Uh, which yeah. I'll get into, but yeah, I I enjoyed this. I found this under my pillow one evening. My mom surprised me with it. Um, that must have been uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> it's a yeah, well, box, Paul. Mom, yeah, my pillow my mom is so uncomfortable. I don't know, I don't know why. No, I was just like, I got Maybe into bed and I was an like, hour and he's like, oh god, it's uncomfortable. Crunch. <laughs> and I, I put my head on the pillow as I do. I mean, I'm not one of those guys that fluffs up their pillows. I just hit down i'm like oh wow there's something hard under here and i pull out the figure i'm like oh my god I run to my mom i'm like this is so oh cool. my god i'm a mint and box collector mom take this back to the store <laughs> <laughs> i didn't crush the box dude my head's not made out of like concrete <laughs> but, but it was a great toy it was a great yes great toy. it was a yellow motorcycle that with a few quick flips and slides would turn into quite a convincing submarine i mean it, it yeah yeah, it, it encased the figure completely, which is nice. In fact, I used to use it as a cycle with it kind of still encasing the figure. I didn't like opening it out and flapping the, the sort of the canopy halves to the side because that always looked weird. It would have these mm. weird like kind of pseudo winglets on the side of the mm. bike. No, I just kept the canopy closed and kept the two halves of the cockpit slid together. I did the same. It was very yeah. Tron-like, very future, very cyber and stuff. Did any mm. of you guys have this, by the way, the car? I did not. The sports car. It was A cool. red so cool. sports car with pop-out machine guns in the front by the looks of it, spinning blades on the wheels, and a very Bondian seat ejection Ejected system. Yeah. yeah, that's cool, man. It was I know cool. it doesn't it have it, but I feel like a friend of mine had it because I, I I know I've played with it as as a kid. 
it was it was good fun. I'm very happy I had this. I don't I can't honestly tell you what happened to it. Um, I don't remember it being broken or anything. I just feel maybe it was given away to somebody's kid or something at some point, but I don't have it anymore. But uh, yeah, that was a fun morning. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, shame my poor mom. <laughs> I think I nagged the shit out of her for this when I was a kid. I feel a bit bad about it now in hindsight. But hey, Salafi, I had a cool toy. So <laughs> so that was a weird Playmates line. So like, Steve, did you actually have any of the James Bond figures or did you just have the vehicle? I just had the vehicle. Um, I, I guess I was always a vehicles guy. I felt like I could use it for superheroes. It effectively became Robin's ride. Like we had a the, the Batman Forever Batmobile. So Batman had a way of getting oh, around, nice. but Robin did not. And so, yeah, it became Robin's bike. Well, that's actually really fitting. I mean, here's a nice um, out-of-box shot as well of it. It's pretty cool. It's, it's this is such a cool, a cool toy. vehicle. It's, it's a lot of fun to play with. And it's cool that it becomes, yeah, like kind of like a flying vehicle. Like we did yeah. a lot of sci-fi stuff with it. It did the <laughs> classic uh, split-apart back wheel thing to become fans. So, yes, yeah. it, it had a submarine mode, but also with a bit of an Im- imagination, a flight mode too. Imagination! Cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, we talk about toxic crusaders oh my goodness my favorite actual playmates toy which i got for my birthday of about i'm gonna say 1995 or six probably six was bonehead love Mm. me bonehead because toxic crusaders had a number of play features built in almost and bonehead really leaned heavily into the -the glow-in-the-dark stuff all of his yeah. accessories are glow in the dark. So much fun. Kind of a bazooka, a rifle, a gas mask, which actually fits over his face nicely. And even the figure. Oh, sorry. He, he came with a secret sort of blind bag accessory, which was just a knife. Um, still, nice touch to have blind bag accessories. So there was so much going on just on the, 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 the packaging itself. Uh, and How brutal is this toy? Sorry. Bonehead's just... face. It's like is even glow in the dark. <laughs> yeah, because he's an irradiated kind of zombie, basically. They even yeah, he's a rad zombie. Give you details <laughs> on the kind of irradiation that they have. And I oh, I love that. Shit. Memory serves. He is raw bonium. <laughs> no, like I've got this shot here. This one is uh, of no zone. Uh, yeah, this is for no zone. Uh, it's like no tonium. Oh no, it's not toti- uh, It's not tonium. Well, the delight with these things, as I say, they had multiple like play features built in. Um, th- there was a lot of slime play intended, yeah. and Nozone is is the perfect example because you would add slime to him, and he would snot everywhere, and it come out of his uh, snot. Out of his so nose. I think he probably made use of slime the best way, and like you could buy cans of slime as part of the toxic crusaders line or you could just go to any place that sold slime it was a 90s trope slime was everywhere i did not play with slime because i was kind of precious with slime i felt it was Mm. like a a resource that you had to kind of play with very sparingly because otherwise it would pick up lint or hair or dirt and be something that you'd have to throw away (laughs) i didn't like the idea of throwing away my toys i'd been burned times before so slime kind of had limited use for me but you can't deny that it was absolutely a, a thing 
Um, and oh, I dude, just it yesterday was at a, a kid's play group and they'd bought slime from Kmart. Very cheap stuff. I mean, you could buy dozens of cans for a couple of dollars. Um, and it has got an appeal, guys. I don't know when oh, the dude. last time you handled uh, slime was. Mm-hmm. Like, it just... It's a magical substance. Maybe it's it's more, more magical to me as an adult for sensory play than it was as a child when I was constantly uh, neurotic about having to throw away my precious slime. But I love the smell yeah, of man, it. The smell of it, the way it moves, the way it adheres and not adheres, the way it, it's not like clay. It doesn't get under your fingernails. Like You can kind of pull at it and, and it pulls away clean. Slime, man. I miss it. I I had the slime trap, uh, which is like one of the only really cool mochi things I had as a kid next to Point Dread. And yeah, brilliant. I remember like that the slime, slime was figures. so great. Yeah. But it would then just come straight off and not leave any kind of mark on your figures, which is brilliant. What, just getting back that to Bonehead nasty, and, and his anyway, yeah. appeal. Bonehead's <laughs> yeah. appeal wasn't based in slime. It was the fact that he was a dedicated vehicle driver and I got the smog cycle. In fact, I got yeah, it on the same so day cool. as like I got the smog cycle and the James Bond Junior sub cycle on the same day. It was oh, wow. bikes, 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 because I'd gotten Bonehead for Christmas or for my birthday, and I had enough pocket money or birthday money actually. Yeah, it was probably birthday money um, to buy two bikes, and this thing is freaking awesome. Just mm. a color we were explosion. Playing with it the other day. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Oh, that's yeah. probably what planted the seed for this this episode. Because when Paul was in Cape Town, we broke out all the old play school, play school, playmates and toy biz toys, and just enjoying them for what they were like these very colorful, very out of step with our GI Joe collections, but fun nonetheless. Toys, toys for toys' sake, and the mm. smog cycle is kind of the smog cycle and Bonehead for me represents like the top of the totem pole for the playmates era. Just oh yeah, beautiful, colorful, whimsical toys with features galore, uh, lots of character, lots of attitude, and he was the guy to beat. I mean, he was one of kind of sub bosses in my and Rob's X Men games. Like, yeah, we would we always come up against this guy. Mm. He just you he had worked several well. figures from this line, didn't you? Didn't you also have um? There's like a dude nope. in a. Oh, you don't have uh, any of the other ones. The Radiation Ranger, the sort of yeah. the, the, foot, yeah. the foot soldier of the, the, the Toxic Crusaders. He was cool. Yeah. This kind of I remember the shield. Dude. I think that's like mm. the only thing that you still have, maybe. No, the shield. But, uh, on the contrary, the only, thing, the only thing that I've lost were not his included orange hoses times three. I mean, how? Wow. That's some fine, fine uh, toy toy parts. Did they mm-hmm. not learn from G.I. Joe and Big Boa and Croc Master and armor cobra commander like hose accessories never stick around nah, the only thing i actually good. lost were he has two detachable mines his blind bagged accessories were these glow-in-the-dark mines that would attach to his, yeah. his, his backpack so i've yeah. lost one of those which oh, grates okay. me man they're very small and they glow in the dark but that didn't save it from its fate of being gobbled up by the vacuum cleaner i imagine or something yeah because i loved i loved playing with these toys down the crack of my bed like on the sort of the wall side <laughs> oh of course just so that it was a glow dark in the dark glow yeah. in the dark yeah. and it felt like like a sewer and it was really dark and dank and ah, all that good stuff man and um like 
the another thing that's like really interesting about this toy line is that it's actually based on quite a nasty uh horror or i'd say a horror movie but it's not really a horror movie like the original horror comic avenger Hmm. yeah the toxic avenger film is actually pretty nasty and like i never knew that existed i only realized that that existed like much later on um i think well into my middle teens but david had like um the radiation ranger and he had dr killamoff um to kill him off kill him off one of the two can't remember the name properly he had, he was fun i've actually got both those figures at my folks place um i just hadn't been to them otherwise i would have brought them uh, for today's episode and shot my own pictures but my first one in this line was this bad boy was a major disaster and this is the gi joe fanboy in me because he was like a soldier he came with a, an actual gun and he looked like a military dude and he was just awesome i mean when i found out who he was and i saw him in the cartoon i was like this is hippie but he's great <laughs> he's really great he's such a cool toy but my favorite toy in this line was actually this bad boy over here and that was no zone and no zone yeah. i love no zone because the uh earlier mentioned snot feature which i didn't discover until about a week or two after having this figure because i didn't know you could open up the the drum of radioactive material so Mm. I was like just loving this figure for what it was. And then I op- I managed to pop open the drum the one day just because I was like, I wonder if this actually opens. And I popped it open and there was this wonderful glow-in-the-dark slime. I think it was glow-in-the-dark slime. I can't even remember now. And I remember like you could actually take his little thing off on his head and you could filter it through his nose, which is so, 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 so cool. Um, <laughs> and I was also super precious about that slime because for some reason I couldn't get a lot of slime up here in Joburg. Like... The canisters I couldn't it's get. It's so and dry, had... Joe Burke. Yeah, yeah, just dries the slime right out. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it really does. But, I mean, look at this packaging as well. I mean, <laughs> look at this. Oh, I guess there's nostrils that look at you. <laughs> it feel, to me, Toxic Crusaders feels like the furthest out the boat could be pushed in terms of 90s bonanza. It's just waving yeah. the flag for the neon. And it works so sublimely. I also wanted to speak about the fact that, like, Playmates toys of the Toxic Crusader and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles variety didn't shy away from like pre-sculpted details all over your figures, like battle damage, mm. scars, mushrooms growing out, rats creeping all over them. Like some some commentators rightly so are like, no, we wanted our action figures clean and we add the kind of the battle damage. To me, I say, if there's ever mm-hmm. a toy line that could get away with these sculpted details, pre-sculpted and applied and painted onto your action figure... It was these. It was Toxic Crusaders. It was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I love it. And I have grown to love it even more as an adult. Like with with No Zone, you're going to see basically snot all over his uniform. (laughs) He's got got a wheel for a leg, like a squeaky trolley wheel. I love it. I love it. It's so great. And he's so like, and he's such an annoying character as well. Like he got the voice like this or something like that. I just remember him sounding just. He was terrible, but I love I it. I love that design. But Rob, you and I will probably remember Toxie's hovercraft, which had a feature which we never used because we never did the slime play thing, but it had these two mm. drums on either side of the hovercraft yes. that had plungers, like a tap system. If you put slime in them and plunger the tap backwards, it would pour out the the, the faucet. Mm. Not the faucet. Oh, the no spout. Ways. The little spark. Yeah. Oh, that's so we cool. Never, I, we never did that. We were lame. 
<laughs> we uh, liked that. It would have gone on the carpet, tune. or alternatively, that thing had um, it actually had a bit of foam inside it, so it was the perfect floating toy. But I don't know, if fo- like slime going into the pool would have been a good idea either. Yeah, mm. slime no, was problematic in a number of instances. Uh, for instance, Chris from Chasing Eddie's Toys has a memory of going wild with Motu slime <laughs> and the slime pit on Grizzlor. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Motu, Grizzlor actually had real practical fur. <laughs> so after sliming Grizzlor, he said he was a bit more careful. We've all been there. Mark bought two, two cans of slime recently and he was going to use it for a photo story. I hope we get to see those photos, man. Me too, man. I wonder, I wonder if it That's involves the, the G.I. Joe Eco Warriors, perhaps. Oh yeah, speak well, and mm. Rob, Rob, go for All it. All right, no, I was gonna say another figure that that comes from um, Playmates is from the Skeletal Warriors or Skeleton Warriors, which is Arachnia, oh, you... which Stephen has yeah. spoken about before. Oh, oh, please tell me you got a picture. Aracula, yeah, Aracula. Uh, I used to have pictures coming up our um, our media box on Streamyard, but I have it, taken them down. For space purpose, well, I could probably so find some. I don't know, but it's a cool. I never. I, okay, that's actually a lie because now, as I'm saying it, I'm like, no, I did see them. I saw them once at a Toys R Us. Yeah, I don't know why I got. I, I think I didn't get into them because X Men was were on the pegs as well, and as were Batman, and that There's was some really going to grab my attention. is just one of them, um, but like. Yeah, I mean, was this a cartoon as well? Like, I don't ever remember yes. seeing Skeleton Warriors. At least I don't it was think a cartoon. I did. I just don't think we got... I don't think it aired in uh, aired here. I think they brought in the toys in lieu of it airing here. And then yeah, maybe... Yeah, they're such cool-looking toys. They just got so and much also, character. And some insight, um, just... Uh, I don't know if you guys might find this interesting as well, if you don't know this, and just some insight for our listeners. Um, so in South Africa, uh, and I... You can't, you you know, like images of skulls and monsters and stuff like that. Like this would have pushed the envelope too far in South Africa in the nineties, and it's even now, uh, because there's a project I worked on recently, which ha- which was designed for mass consumption, and we were told to make things scary, but we were not allowed to use skulls at all, or skeletons, or anything. Interesting. And, and then on the other animation series that I'm working on as well. Um, this is a little bit of insight. We actually had a whole um, episode that was around the theme of yoga. Okay. And this episode's actually taking the piss out of yoga um, in funny ways. And it was like denied. They were like, no, you can't have that in there. It's considered like against like religion and all that. It's too taboo for TV. And this <laughs> is a local, I can't say who the, the distributor is or anything like that because of NDA, but yeah, that whole episode was like scrap. They we like we're not work, we're not doing that episode. So I imagine that's why this cartoon didn't come in. But that's strange because we still had Pirates of Dark Water, for example, and we had Mighty Max, which were equally as terrifying visually. So I don't know. This country's weird, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know. Uh, it's a weird broadcasting standards thing. Man, yeah, Skeleton Warriors looked cool. Um, another weird ass playmates line. Uh, you guys will remember the show, but I don't know if you remember the toys. Dark I Dark. remember the toys. Mm. Yeah, man. Yeah. Let's. And I had this bad toy. It was so cool. Dark. Yeah, I remember when seeing you're in the trouble, toys. You call DW. <laughs> but like, it, it, did they have? They didn't have voice chips, did they? Because I, I swear I remember them having voice chips, but I don't think they, they did. 
there is one that had uh, there was a Disney line that had voice chips, but it wasn't uh, Darkwing Duck specifically. But uh, uh, Robin, I, I can never forget the mask toys. I, they weren't Playmates, were they? <laughs> I don't. I think don't so. know. I don't think so. But there was one voice clip on the mask action figure which sounded like profanity. <laughs> Fuck off, Fuck for off, you Swiss cheese. Swiss cheese. <laughs> Rob, you know the one. Oh, and then there was also, and I don't know if this was a Playmates line, but the original Simpsons toys. <laughs> we were just sitting the toy on and endlessly pressed that. <laughs> oh, you clown! Funniest thing. Oh, <laughs> Fuck off, for you Swiss cheese. <laughs> okay. It was back off or you Swiss cheese, but I mean the sound chip technology of the time really so like filled in the blanks on your imagination. <laughs> you know, you know what I hate is like we didn't have. I'm like I'm equally grateful for this, uh, as uh, actually I don't equally lament this. I'm equally great. I, I'm highly grateful for this, but there are parts that make me lament the fact that we didn't have uh, fancy phones with uh, video recording, you know, capabilities when we were like teenagers. Or younger think about all the uh, material we are putting into the world now imagine yeah. if we were kids and had the ability to do this oh geez paul i yeah. pity this generation they're going to be swamped under the weight of their own content creation yeah the hubris will crush them <sighs> but uh there's this trend going around and it's just your little thing reminded me now of this okay so i have this uh this My like, little side thing. of me <laughs> no <laughs> little thing i'm talking about had. the I'm talking about the little thing you had with the with the sound chip. So there are these toys <laughs> that you can find. We had a little thing, did we? We in the sound chip <laughs> together. They've they've been around for a while. They're these toys that record your voice. I don't know if you've seen them. They're like little hamsters and things. And what you do is you press a little button, and then you record your. It records what you say, and it says it back to you in a chipmunk voice. So. So I, I love going when I'm in the Toys R Us and stuff like that sometimes when I was by myself or, you know, with like Celia or whoever. I used to love grabbing those and then just like recording, you know, your soul is mine. Give me your soul. <laughs> you <know? laughs> Come to daddy. <laughs> Stroke my hamster balls. All kinds of stuff like that. And, it, and this is the thing. It keeps that recorded in there, right? And it's got a sensor. So if somebody walks past, it triggers the sensor. So it's like... <laughs> Like my hands and balls. Oh, I'll swallow your soul. <laughs> That's the best thing. Jeeps. And now I see it's all over. Like, okay, it's on Instagram now, but I'm sure it was on TikTok like three months ago or a year ago. But yeah, there's like girls that go around and they do these like very orgasmic sounds with these things. And then this little like chipmunk is like singing. It's like, da, 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 I'm going to make your day great. It's like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm okay. so sorry. I never recorded that shit. Anyway, oh it's just your little. Did they, did your... they, when Harry met Sally, it like how, huh? Did they did go, <laughs> go somewhere private in the store to make that recording in the first place? Or were they just no, standing in the children's aisle, aisle. Yeah. moaning? Right. Yep. Yeah. Fascinating. Mm. Mm. The youth of Young today. People these days. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, hey. I think this has been a very vibrant, very uh, appropriate to Playmates kind of chat. But. It is time to move the agenda on. We have some delightful postbox the pit information or correspondence, should I say, which I would love to bring to our attention right now. Correspondence. Um, yeah, we've got a mail from Chief Stride, who Chief. is 
an alumni you mean the of Chief Stride. The Chief Stride, alumnus of Talking Joe and creator of Talking Joe, now of Armor Geekdom and many other projects. Anyways, he and I jumped on the horn to do a Benelux catalog review along with his buddy Ben Flying Retro. And he asks the following. Do you have multiple copies of some figs? I'm not talking troop builders or different versions, but more. You do, do you have display and then play figs? For example, mm -hmm. if you have a fig that you're too scared to play with, will you buy another one for outdoor activities? And two, I'd love to hear how you'd rank what your choices would be regarding your top five pilot-based figures. Any oh. faction. All the best, Chief. So, two fantastic questions. Does anyone have uh, an immediate response to either of them? I, I, I want to answer the first one. Oh, Do it. <laughs> okay, yeah. so the cool... So, um, this kind of caught me by surprise. Uh, like, it just... As a collector. So, um, you guys know I love Storm Shadow, right? And I love pretty much all of the vintage Storm Shadows. The Well, the three really cool ones. The, not the Shadow Ninja one. Um, as much to be fair so i have always been very precious and very scared of playing with my 84 storm shadow so i was super super happy when they did that um those retro recard versions whatever's um that everybody hates but i'm so happy because that's my stunt storm shadow so that's that's one figure i have with that and then another one that sort of came to me and I didn't realize it at the time, but it's actually ended up being like a great figure to have as plan B is Mindbender. I have two Mindbenders. And it's great because I I found that like Mindbender is kind of a character that's sort of over time, especially with G.I. Joe, but kind of attached itself to me. And so it's great having a plan B Mindbender for when the one that I'm always messing around with inevitably breaks or withers away or, you know, whatever, it gets sticky or something. Then I've got this other one that's sort of sealed and backed up. And then through the through the um, gracious and generous nature of um, Joe Mauler, now known as uh, uh, what is it, uh, Extensive Enterprises Joe, <laughs> uh, I have two carded Storm Shadows in the form of the eighty-eight Storm Shadow and the Ninja Force Storm Shadow, which I've got carded. So they're my backup plan. So they like. One day, if I have kids or, I don't know, something happens to my Alpha Storm Shadows, I've got Plan B Storm Shadows there in backup. Because I don't so intend to resell those one day. Those will be my backup Storm Shadows. Yeah. So this is something that you, you you have done or it has happened in your collection that you have. It just happened. Or... Yeah. I, I didn't go out of my way to get them, save for the one Storm Shadow, which is that mm. retro card collection. Because... I really hate not being able to play with that Storm Shadow because I love that toy so much. But you guys know, I mean, the accessories are dainty. They're kind of fragile. You know, yeah, anything can happen. He can go yellow. It's just something I, I'm a little precious about it. So it's nice to have that retro one that will just eventually, because of its texture, go brown anyway. And it's fine, you know, because, you know, he's my, you know, my go-to Storm Shadow. He sits here on my desk proudly. I can play with him. He's actually looking at me right now as I'm talking about this. Mm -hmm. And then it's just organically, just over time, like sometimes you buy a lot of figures through um, a local, you know, seller who's like, oh, how much will you give me for these figures? And you're like, oh, I just want the Captain Gridiron. And he's like, no, you have to take the whole lot. And I'm like, okay, well, I have an EcoForce Flint now and extra. And I've got like, uh, Rob, I gifted you that uh, hit and run, remember? That was yeah. an extra hit and run that just found its way to me um, in that like really good condition. 
So sometimes they just find their way to you and it's cool to pass them on um, uh, if I can. But there are some that I'm like, oh, I really like this toy. I'm going to play it to death. So it's good that I have a second one. Um, so those would be mine, as it were. Figures that I've actually endeavored to get a duplicate of because I wanted to have a play version and a, a kind of a keep version. Uh, they're only a handful and they're all the, the usual suspects. Zartan, because... It took me a couple of attempts to get a Zartan with all his gear because, yeah, he comes with fine accessories. The first Zartan I got, without realizing it, uh, had the wrong gun. It had a Star Wars blaster and it had two duplicate uh, thigh pads. Hmm. So, like, uh, that was a bit of a bummer. I hadn't realized because the the seller had very cleverly, like, flipped the other one upside down. So, it was hard to tell that it was... A duplicate left or right yeah. or whatever it was so yeah i needed to get a second zartan the second zartan was very mint so i decided the first zartan is the one that i'm going to give the knee pads to and he's going to be the one like crawling through the swamps the other zartan stays in a drawer similarly the chrome on my very first destro 1983 was so pretty i wanted to get a second destro so i could kind of chuck him in the lake, as it were, and mm-hmm. scuff it up and not uh, feel too bad about it. So, yeah, I got the second one for a song, whereas the other one cost what a 1983 figure of its... Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. yeah, the other Same. one didn't come with his accessories, so so what? I've got the perfect accessories with the original one. Uh, and the third one, just like you, Paul, Storm Shadow presents a, a big problem in, in a lot of collectors' collections because, yeah, even handling the thing might make it go brown over age i hadn't realized it at the time how badly these things would yellow and brown so when i got back to my childhood not my childhood collection my 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 curated adult collection and saw (laughs) how blindingly white my storm shadow still was i was like what the hell is going on here has this thing made a deal with the devil or have i got a repro i mean i i bought the storm shadow long before repros were a thing so for whatever reason it's still in immaculate condition so i was like I can never touch this thing again. <laughs> now knowing the value of these things and how, how rare it is to find them in this shape, I have to get a beta storm shadow and immediately set out to, to find that. Found a yellowed one for $20, no accessories and no Cobra symbol on the, the chest. Bought that, did a bit of whitening on it. It worked for everything except the chest piece. And then <laughs> last year I found once again going for a song a badly beat up storm shadow but the chest piece was in immaculate condition so i pieced mm-hmm. together a a just slightly off white beta storm shadow with a good cobra symbol for for cents on the dollar so I, i'm very pleased with that that was a, a smart move i also have two tiger force outbacks neither <laughs> have a, cr- no, neither have a crotch i might add but i yeah i needed to 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 correct the, the the great injury to my outback that was inflicted upon him by my friend's kids after he'd been dropped from a dizzy height onto a tile floor and cracked his toe clean off. So yeah, got that second Tiger Force outback and now I have two sort of okay condition Tiger Force outbacks. The one is now my play version. The other one stays with his included lamp uh, inside the Tiger Cat cabin. Whereas the other one is the one that I take into the garden and use for um, YouTube member play motions, actually. 
Yeah. He's, out. he's a he's a recurring character on the the play motion series that i do which is exclusive content for youtube yeah. channel YouTube members, <laughs> members. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. rob do you have any uh, similar stories to tell i i think generally when i buy things i'm buying them because it's something i don't have i think that's 99.9 percent .9 of stuff that i own um the exception is is the the kindness of 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 uh you know the gi joe people who who give me many scoops and that's not because i'm trying to like keep you know a, a pristine scoop somewhere what well, you know because he's worth a ton you know thousands of dollars not yet um but because i just love the character so much and everyone knows how much i love the character you know i i'm i'm kindly sent many many versions of scoop um no i'm, I'm i don't think i'm precious with any of them i'm i, I mean i know the i mean i I don't know the value of, of all of them. I mean, I think the only one that I'm, I don't know the exact value of it, but I know it was pretty expensive when Stephen bought it for me. It was uh, the um, Night Force sneak peek. Um, Hilariously, the most expensive figure I had bought at the time. But uh, can I just, just to give everyone, everyone a reality check, it was only 60 US dollars. Yeah, so I'm, I'm precious wow. with it, but I'm not overly cautious with it i mean i'll still take it out and play with it but yes he does stand like a little plastic thing separate but i wouldn't buy another one or at least you know like a beta version of that so i can play with him yeah, I, would, because... I still play with him yes i mean he's worth more to me because it was a gift from steven and it, it you know and i'd rather play with it because i know it's from him um, that was circa 2006 2007 it was your birthday of 2007 that's right so february 2007 yeah yeah um so yes i know he's worth a you know yeah he yeah he's worth a lot of money but like i it doesn't stop me from wanting to enjoy him um, and he has his mic and he has his mic i still Which haven't lost it so cool hell yeah yeah i mean yeah like... i think my experience is really different from 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 you guys uh once again i i'm you know i'm the guy who didn't get my canjo first <laughs> Set you down a different path if we can like for two minutes i just wanted to extend something here where steve mentioned like getting figures you know to replace arms or a crotch or something like that uh, that i have definitely done it felt like right. a slightly different topic but uh hearing steve mention it there are one or two that i've had to do that with uh notably doc and spirit i got a spirit that was missing that had a broken crotch and no, I lied. He didn't have a broken crotch. I had a spirit Ooh. like normal, but he had very like he's the shades of his blue were like super off. Okay. And it wasn't like I had to go out of my way to do it, but we were in Jocon anyway. And I found one for like $4, which had really great arms, which is what I needed. And so I bought that figure. And then I found a upper body for Doc because what had happened is I had broken. I was shooting, trying to shoot a review for Doc, and his fingers broke off. Um, as I, I, and I wasn't even being rough with it or anything. It just, it was just their time. It was his new finger shooting action that happened, and that. So, I need a doctor. So, oh wait. Yeah. Oh wait. Exactly. <laughs> so, I I did endeavor to find a replacement uh, upper torso for for Doc, which I did at uh, JoeCon, thankfully. So now my Doc is sort of nice now and i'm too scared of touching doc now because of like that happening because i really love that toy it's, it's just got so much swagger um and it's cool because that extra spirit 
um, stuff I gave to a local collector called um, Skolt, um because he really loves spirits and he needed exactly those parts that I had. And so, yeah, so they, they at least went to a good home. So, yeah, I do have one or two kind of upper torsos, lower torsos, a crotch of a figure here and there. I bought a, a second 90s Snake Eyes because my one had a broken ankle and I just I couldn't live with it. So when I was in Cape Town and I saw that um, Snake Eyes, I was like, hmm, maybe should I, shouldn't I, whatever. And then, yeah, eventually I pulled the trigger on it and had it, like, I bought it a little bit later and then got it as one of my first figures for this year. So, yeah, that does happen. Having your, your display and your backup figure is kind of, seems to be kind of an important thing if you want to play with your toys, you know? makes it a little bit more dangerous <laughs> chief did so want to get some pilot figures out of us and i think i mm. uh I'll, I'll crack that one open uh in yeah. no particular order though some partial order anyway my favorite uh ace has got to be version three the one that comes with the ghost striker x16 Ooh, yeah awesome figure very accurate looking flight suit in a nice subdued like olive green so perfect in other words it was the ace that we we always needed uh, instead of the awkward sort of pressure suit look but what pushes him into the danger zone is the fact that he has a two-piece removable helmet with mm. a bit of rubber goods to make up Beautiful, the mask man. and hose the hose plugs into his chest the mask uh straps can stick over the the helmet knobs on either side but what that allows you to do is to have it swing away from his face to kind of recreate that classic fighter pilot shot of when they pull the uh, the air mask away from their mouth and they're like, <laughs> he's on my tail, man. Anyway, that was a, a killer, killer ace figure. Um, Remember when people have... doing that during COVID? Sorry. <laughs> I can't breathe, man. Put your mask back on. Um, I've got huge love for the Strata Viper, of course. Oh, yeah. Is my favorite Cobra Pilots uniform, like the, the dark charcoal gray, the black, the red. It's a symphony of colors that works so well. Uh, Wild Weasel's flight suit is perhaps a little too monotone for me, whereas the Strata Vipers just look good. They are sublime and surprisingly androgynous. Like, if you wanted to play this, uh, well, any kind of army builder, um, Sky Raven pilot, or Strata Viper pilot uh, as Raven from um classic sunburg episode that name Just always escapes me yeah you could use the standard strata viper easy looks good uh, a cobra pilot that sometimes gets overlooked is in fact the fact that oh not that um the his driver is actually qualified to fly the fang helicopter if you don't believe me just look at his True. file card uh, all the way at the bottom, it says, Qualified experts, his vehicle, Fang Copter, knowledge of all NATO and GI Joe weapons. These guys are a little hey. bit overqualified, if you ask me. Nice but cheat. Since, since the Fang, thank you, Rob, you know me. Since the <laughs> Fang never came with an included pilots, and since the red of the his driver contrasts so nicely with the black of the helicopter, they have since become rocketed to the front of the class as my de facto uh, fang copter pilots and if they weren't so damn uh, expensive to get with the chest symbol intact i'd have more of them fortunately without the chest symbol they're, they're not too bad if you want to use a water slide decal 
what's next? Oh, I like using Major Storm as the pilot of the Locust because his helmet is so good. It's a rubberized helmet that has its microphone attached. It's not a separate piece. I'm looking at you, lift ticket, goddammit. So you'll <laughs> never lose it. But also, it's got that side, um, that single eye sort of monocle side. So it kind of reminds me of Longbow Apache pilots with the targeting, um, uh, like, mm. I don't know, monocle. So basically, he looks great in the cockpit. He looks like he should be a pilot. He comes with a vehicle that includes a helicopter. So that says to me, yes, Major Storm is a helicopter pilot as well as a armor guy. So yes, and I mean, the complementary colors. I love the figure in spite of the fact that he is a Franken-Joe. But he's got a killer head sculpt, great parts, awesome, awesome pilot figure. And then I think number one has got to be my childhood countdown, who the file card specifies that he was an F-16 pilot before joining a fighter pilot. Yeah, before joining the G.I. Joe space program. So I always used him as such. He was the go-to figure to take up the pilot seat of my Sky Raven back in the day, which was my very first G.I. Joe jet. And what an amazing jet it was. It needed a pilot, and Countdown was the man. Of course, getting the figure in there with his bulbous helmet presented a little bit of a problem, and that might be a contributing factor to why the drop-down cockpit feature on my Sky Raven is broken. (laughs) But it didn't stop me as a child from using this guy for all he's worth as that pilot. Anyway, does anyone else have any entries? Uh, top five pilot I, figures? I do, but uh, you know, in typical Paul style, I flubbed the mission a little. <laughs> I misread it. I misread it as uh, your favorite vehicle driver, not fa- a five favorite vehicle, or not five favorite pilots, <laughs> five favorite drivers. Are any which, of them pilots? But, but no, no, no. But, but hear, hear me out here now. In typical Paul style, do you know me to only ever choose one of anything? <laughs> so <laughs> thankfully, my own nature has saved me from this. So in no particular order, and not necessarily all pilots, and I'm so thankful I have five, uh, I'm going to start with Serpentor, uh, who is kind of a pilot. Uh, we see him flying in, <laughs> in the movie. We also, uh, he commands an air chariot, which requires some kind of piloting ability. And he's a vehicle driver, so that one at least ticks all the boxes, which is awesome. Jeez. You thought uh, I was cheating, hey, Rob. <laughs> and the next one is Thrasher, which I actually went and did the, you know, I went through the effort of getting a picture of him. Very nice picture uh, from this one collector. I don't know, it's a Spanish collector. I should have gotten his name. It's a cool photo. But I got Thrasher. <laughs> who... We just rip your pictures and don't credit you. That's what we I'm do. So I'm I, I just I was hoping it would be in the name of the file. I'm so sorry, but this is a great picture. Kudos to the person who took a photo of it. But Thrasher is also great because he's also kind of a slashy because he is a vehicle driver of the Thunder Machine. But let's be honest, and the Thunder Machine is it has a rocket, and the Thunder Machine is basically a jet without any wings. So he's also technically a pilot. Um, the next one, the third one, is Zanzibar. I love Zanzibar, oh. uh, and I'm so glad I didn't have to choose between Zanzibar or Thrasher for this. Oh, that's actually quite a relief. Zanzibar, we can all agree, is an actual pilot. Um, and, okay, at the Strato Viper, you can't go wrong with the Strato Viper. He's just incredible. They, they are just incredible because, as uh, Steve said, like 
you know, it's, you know, it's not a, you don't have a gender assigned to that, that body sculpt. It's pretty, you know, androgynous, I suppose. Androgynous? Not androgynous, but you know what I mean? Can't think of the word right now. And Stephen just yeah. said it earlier because I love that my marshmallow brain. Yeah. 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 No, that you can't yeah. immediately tell the sex from the sculpt. There's nothing yeah. overt. And, and the, uh, fact that, the fact that they almost have a kind of a swimsuit, uh, the, the, the red creates this mm. taper, which looks swimsuit-like, does mm. feminize it a bit. Mm. It does. It does make them look very special. Um, <laughs> and, and then my, my last one uh, is, okay, not a pilot, per se. Um, <laughs> I'll help you spin this pool, don't worry. But it is a vehicle driver, but hey, a different coat of paint, and your Uncle Fanny's your aunt, this could be a pilot. It's a Cobra Lamprey. Yeah. <laughs> Cobra Lampreys just look badass. I really love Well, it, it does fly above the water. Exactly, it it's does. a hydrofoil. It's <laughs> semi-aircraft. <laughs> I should have been a lawyer. Anyway, there it goes. <laughs> Speaking oh. of lawyer, uh, Rob, do you have any... Uh, I was about to, to flip the script wow. onto uh, correspondence we got from uh, an attorney at law, but if you've got some pilot figures... I have pilot figures. So my top five Ooh. pilot figures in no Ooh. particular order... Wild Weasel, I absolutely love this guy, mainly because of that one issue um, with with Ace, where they have that, that shake kind down. of like shakedown. Absolutely cool figure. Um, I love down. that he has the little shake like down. you know like pads on his on his thighs. He feels like a proper pilot to me, and I yeah, we never like get a to proper pilot. Face. To, okay. Yeah, like sure an actual I pilot. Would you say that the Wild Weasel sculpt represents a unique character only, or can you use him as an army builder for all the general Cobra pilots? I don't know. I feel like he is unique because, like, it, okay. mm. it doesn't look like a scarf, but I feel like that blue thing is a scarf, and I don't think all of the pilots would wear scarves like that. It, it feels like a, a ruffle, you know, underneath his shirt there. Um, the problem yeah, being, like, there are an abundance of wild weasel action figures out there, mm. and not necessarily enough pilots Rattles. for all the rest. There should be another name for them then, because I mean, I think he is wild weasel, but yeah, he's a red Cobra baron dude. Pilots, Her yeah, but the definitely pilots... used that design for general pilots in GI Joe Special Missions. Yeah, I'm blanking on the number, but there was an issue where. G.I. Joe air raid or kind of take pictures of Cobra Island and then it turns into a massive dogfight over the island and in the Cobra kind of rec room you see guys who are clearly wearing Wild Weasel's flight suit um, but they're just general I don't know yeah well, I, well, I would vibe. accept it as kind of like different color like maybe if it was gray mm. and black instead but Green. I think he's uniquely Wild Weasel if he's sure. in the red outfit and he has like that, that, that coiffed kind of like scarf looking thing around his neck I, I, I do think of Wild Weasel as a unique character. Um, he's just so Red Baron and so Shah Aznable. Yeah. That's yeah. that's why I would yeah, I think I would accept him as not himself if yeah, if you had a figure that was in different colours. So if you had like custom figures of him. Scourge. Yeah. Darren makes a good point in the chats. It's kind of like Scourge and the Sweeps. Uh, those of you guys who don't know Transformers, it is the same toy, but you'd have the leader figure and the army builders yeah, uh, yeah. exactly. I don't, how, how that actually worked in I mean, reality have to look completely different i mean you know he, the seekers are kind of the same as well then yeah anyway carrying on yeah, yeah but they all have the same bearding as scourge 
So that thing that oh, said yes, merge yeah. apart, like all of them have it. Like if there was a way of alternating the figures, but yeah, Transformers of the time and even Transformers of the modern era don't do head swaps. So, mm -hmm. well, not really. There might be third party guy, guys. And thank you to 3D Joes for the fantastic shots um, <laughs> that I, yeah. I, I, I borrowed. And Rob does so, his courses. Well, four of the five pictures are from 3D Joes. One of them is mine. Um, yeah. I'll tell you when, 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 he, when I'll credit myself. So Wild Weasel is definitely a top pilot for me. Flint. Yes. Uh, <laughs> absolutely fantastic. You cannot go wrong. Well played. Well played, um, it's, it's on, it's on the file card. Jeez. It totally counts. Um, I've always loved Flint, and it's cool that he's a pilot, and it just it rounds him out. Um, you know, he's, he's he's on the ground, but he can also be in the air if he needs to be, and, and I think that's that's cool. It's it's proper, and you know, you see him in the cartoon, maybe jumping an airplane, it makes sense. Anyone else? I'm like, nah, that makes no sense. So even though they're all apparently pilots, um, so pilots. Flint, obviously Vapor. I can't do a list of favorite pilots and not put Vapor in there. Um, Everybody's favorite S and M theme. <laughs> he's just yeah, I think he's 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 awesome. Absolutely love Vapor. Does this Vapor is <laughs> the included pilot of the Hurricane VTOL. Anyone yes, scratching their correct. heads? If yeah, if if you never realized who he was, he's very cool. he, I mean, even if you don't get, <laughs> if if you don't even want the the VTOL, you can just get the figure. He's really cool. Number four. My own picture countdown once again. Yeah. Steve really mentioned he, it is on his file card. Is I assume that all astronauts? I mean, maybe it's, it's not true, but I always assumed all astronauts were originally pilots of some sort or some degree. In the early space um, programs, they were. Yeah, they so I always assumed yeah. that, but I did make sure I double checked. I was like, okay, is he mm. a pilot? Um, and then the fifth one is is kind of a cheat, but. Uh, he comes with his, his flight gear and it's General Hawk. Um, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Fantastic. Comes back to the, the line from Iron Man where they're discussing between Tony Stark and, and Rhodey about uh, taking the pilot out of the plane. Um, and then doesn't, doesn't Stark say something like, or oh, what about we take uh, the plane away from the pilot or something yeah. like that? Oh, I'm cocking it up. Yeah, basically, <laughs> basically, yeah. Hawk is absolutely a pilot because he's, he's flying a bloody jet jetpack. Absolutely, he is the plane. I, it so never great. made sense to me that a guy called General Hawk was not a pilot. He has to be a pilot. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> this is probably an unwritten rule somewhere that he is youth. an actual pilot. But finally, they got it right with this version of the character from the nineties, ninety-one. Very good. Hey. Hell <laughs> I, yeah, just stumbled upon, I stumbled upon a few pictures that I didn't bring up, and I'd love to. Oh my goodness, because there's actually um, this canonical uh, information from the comic book wow. showing the, the, the his driver flying the, the, the Fang helicopters. In fact, oh, I think go. it's the Fang's first appearance. The his tank drivers aren't driving his tanks. That's being done by like Cobra Command staff. They're actually behind the wheel of, or behind the stick, behind the cyclic of the Fang. There you hmm. go. Also, I'm surprised none of you guys have. Uh, uh, <coughs> <laughs> Pardon me. <laughs> I'm just sorry. It's no just one mentioned photo. Ace as their favorite pilot. Yeah, because he's just Ace. But wild not, Bill. Can we just mention the most? Stephen did mention Ace. <laughs> I did. 
Oh, he did, yes. Ace with the weird helmet. Sorry, I forgot about that. <laughs> but the, the greatest <laughs> pilot... Was a long time helmet. ago. <laughs> and I mean, mm -hmm. th this is why he's not on my list, because he's the greatest pilot in G.I. In fact, throughout the entire G.I. Joe comic, wow. uh, Cobra or G.I. Joe. Yeah, there's no pilot actually better than this guy. That's actually why mm -hmm. I didn't pick him, because I figured you guys would all have him on your list, and it's just too much... No, but he's so easily forgotten. He's so easily forgotten... No, he's not. He's he's ultimate um, shipwreck, guys. I don't know why. Uh, I feel like, <laughs> I mean, I dedicated a whole thirtieth uh, anniversary Sky Striker to shipwreck livery. So <laughs> whale stickle <laughs> at, at all? Well, so. technically, uh, then we could all have chosen any Jesus, character if we're that... going by cartoon rules. Like literally, everyone is a pilot. My favorite pilot mm. is Stalker. Junkyard. <laughs> <laughs> i would like to make one small a special mention though uh for pilot figures and i feel like this toy never gets spoken about because we we mostly speak about vintage stuff but the pilot scarlet from the modern era line is absolute gold mm, and you like her. i i love that figure man it's great i'm so glad jim godfrey actually uh helped it find its way to me he had a whole bunch of extra stuff and he was just like you know would you be keen i'm like hell yeah i'd be keen um, because that was kind of a chase figure for me at one point. I was trying to get my hands on one and they were like ridiculous prices. And yeah, when it, when I got it in my hand, I was like, wow, this is a cool toy. And it just definitely needs a lot more sort of respect and coverage. I'm just putting that out there. I also want to just help the eBay prices increase on it. So. <laughs> Boys, we have a little bit more correspondence I'd like to get through, if I may. Yeah, um, please. Sorry. From Sam Smith, attorney at law. Uh, we have the following. Hey guys, I saw the imp used in your latest Dire Story episode, which was great by the by the way. I resisted the impulse for a few days, but then bought myself an imp from an internet vendor. I couldn't help it. I had the imp as a kid. I was confused how to use it, but oh well. Python vipers look really good with the imp mm. pick attached. Actually, was the imp a cancelled Python patrol vehicle? It fits right too well with the Python vehicle for this to be an accident. It might mm. not be a, it might not be a cancelled Python item, but here's the story. But there's a story in there somewhere. Would you say so, gents? Does it? Yeah, look I feel like so. it should be a Python patrol vehicle. I think they go together like you know, um, chocolate milk and nuts. Butter. Yeah, yeah. Look, the yellow of the imp <laughs> picks up on the yellows used by the Python patrol figures. The red is a similar shade. The only thing counting against it is the fact that the imp is a 1988 vehicle release and python yeah. patrol was a 1989 figure and vehicle bonanza so that's a little bit out of step. yeah yes no it doesn't have that sort of cross, cross hatching but mm. absolutely they look good together i couldn't think of like a, a it, better it operator together yeah it could be mm. doesn't have an included driver so <laughs> mm. ah that's true but i mean that could be the impetus for the why they did the the python patrol like the they impetus. were inspired by the oh god <laughs> oh, I I that's that where you were going i didn't do that on purpose you, you know totally. because the coloring you know and they're like they're inspired like they what's a cool coloring oh you know we had the imp last year it had this colors but also i mean i'm sure that they don't develop these lines one year at a time do they they must have had you know oh, like yeah. some idea of what was coming up they just but, maybe they accidentally didn't put it as part of it Look, that burgundy is part of the classic Cobra colors anyway, since the moray. Mm. Um, but yeah, they, I mean, with Cobra armor, it kind of was getting all over the place at that stage. 
we had gone away from the cobra black <laughs> and into the blue and then into the, the uh, every everybody forgets ghost rider apparently so since Mark well that that's that's sort of my joke was just i thought paul was going to bring him up i was like oh yeah that guy that we always always forget about dude i'm not going to joke that really was actually on my top that was actually on my top five list and i don't know how i mean the lamprey i love the lamprey but i don't know why i forgot about ghost rider he's in front of me right now as we're talking he is in front of me oh is he though i don't know he is he's really here in front of me i can show you guys I can switch on, can switch on the camera. <laughs> oh, we believe you paul we believe you it's not okay. necessary I absolutely okay believe you. but does he have his scarf Ooh. he does he does bravo Paul, why are you showing yeah. your hand what's going on hey there he is with his freaking dead eyes but yeah there he is with his little scarf why are you out of focus? Like this, I don't, Auto I don't focus, know what your man. camera is focusing on. It's a good figure, but it's it's a little bit um 1950s with a like a very very sophisticated aircraft. <laughs> like there there are weird things going on with the GI Joe pilots. Let's just make that very clear. Some absolutely. they go for absolutely classic designs, and it works. Like dogfight going with the mud fighter he really should have a, a, a helmet and then some are totally out of step with their aircraft and let's say ghost rider probably falls into that camp anyway sam smith bless him he's got another uh little question for us uh, with an included picture and we love that <laughs> i know right why he has the time to uh to, to email us i mean like he's famous he's on tour isn't he anyway, he is. have you ever thought this is Sam Smith, attorney at law. Come on, Paul, get your facts straight. Have you ever thought what would happen if Major Blood was promoted to a higher rank within Cobra and or usurped the Cobra, himself, the Cobra commander himself? Gents, mm. I have the answer. Behold, Commander Blood. Pick attached. Recipe, 1993, head and arms. Uh, 1993, blood, head and arms. 1993, Cobra commander torso for the waist, for the torso, the waist and the legs. Uh, and... As I said before, he has included a picture and for anyone watching the YouTube version and for my two boys in attendance, hey. that is what a commander blood would look like. More to the the other side, Paul. More. Put it in front oh, of your face. Yeah. We can't see it because of the picture. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Paul has his 1993 blood, but uh, let me just, as I say, enter into uh, consideration Sam's custom. Very handsome because the really 1993 cool. Cobra Commander uh, was dressed up in black. So that meshes that well with the so black well. arms and black helmets of the 1993 Major Blood. If, if Very uh, nice. Commander Blood was more ambitious... I like the fact that he's got a Sergeant Savage tank in the background. That's a tasty yeah. vehicle that seems to work all too well with Oof. this uh, this character setup. Nice one, Sam. Cool. Thanks for writing in. If anyone would like to reach the show, you can do so yourself by writing into our Gmail account. It is a real South African hero at gmail.com. Yeah, and it's also included in the episode description below. So in case you didn't jot that down in time, <laughs> don't worry. Just scroll down and you can message us there. Uh, anyone else got anything to say on the way out? We've gone on for a good long number of minutes, hours. I'm going to say this is uh, a good episode. This mm. was a good episode. I really enjoyed talking Playmates. Um, 
Cobra and, coils. And, coils and I'm very, like, I, I got to say, with, uh, with the whole Playmates thing, I was so glad when Stephen brought it up as a topic idea because uh, I've been collecting, or when I say been collecting, I've collected my Super 7 Turtles because I've um, put a cap on it, you know, and I've got everything that I want from there. And I am kind of keen on getting Nozone uh, when they do them as a Super 7 uh, release. Uh, just because I, I really love those toys and I love those designs and I hope they get them right. Not like Rat King for Super 7. I would have jumped on that uh, with Glee, but they they did the version from the video game, which is not a bad design. It's just compared to the original, it sucks. <laughs> you know, it doesn't have like a dead cat on its belt and rats all over it and freaking centipedes on it. And it, it doesn't look like a mess. It looks too cool. So I just wanted to put that out there. Uh, also, just a reminder to people not to buy Falcon, the classified Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag boycott Falcon. Falcon. Yeah, Paul has <laughs> had a lot to say about this figure. He can't even. I have. We were on a completely different podcast. Um, or <laughs> live stream. Oh, tell us about that, Rob. So we were recently on. Um, so Stu from the Universal Collector. Universal Collector, Stu. Um, oh, Universal. The Universal Collector? The? Over on YouTube. Over on YouTube. There we go. Thank you, Stephen. Um, did a 24-hour charity stream for a for a kid's charity. Um, and we were one of many groups of fantastic um, guests that he had on. Um, yeah. And that's also where Stephen originally revealed uh, Elliot's love for turtles. And Paul revealed his... Uh, uh, hatred for the stain for Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> and apologies, yeah. Rob. There is no the. It is Universal Toy Collector. Just, uh, I mean, yeah. no when the. you're Universal, you don't need the definite article. You need. You don't need no the. <laughs> you ain't no the in there. Um. Yeah. Um. So he went on for 24 hours. Um, by the end, he was still looking good though, which is. I I agree. Cool. Yeah, I said as much in, in, I think I did in one of the chats, but yeah, yeah I, I messaged Stu late and I was like, are you shattered, mate? And he was like, yeah, it's a bit rough. But I mean, <laughs> as you say, he held it together amazingly for 24 hours. It was so nice to be able to dip in and out of the stream and just like hear friends talking about toys. Amazing. Yeah, there was so many good like guests on there and also like a nice variety because I mean, his show... His channel doesn't focus, you know, on one toy set. You know, he just focuses on toy collecting Twice. in general. Yeah. You know, which is, which was just allows so many different people to come on and just talk about what they love about toys um, and their own experiences, or just like you know, just chatting the breeze. You know, shooting mm. or chatting the breeze. Um, shooting the shooting shit. the breeze. Yeah, that yeah. one. Yeah, hitting, Why can't people do 24 yeah, hour streams all the time? They should just do it all the time. <laughs> just do it full time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to address one of things from the chat. Uh, Darren Cobb wants to know about Sequest DSV, like why we didn't address ah. the toy line. Oh, Simple we reason. agreed beforehand. We weren't oh, going to yeah. talk about DSTV at all. Uh, DSV at all. We were <laughs> like, no. We just skip it. <laughs> Lol. No, we never got them, man. For some reason. Yeah. Yeah. They were not imported into South Africa. And See, we got the pilot. A gatekeeper called uh, Prematories. Who decided what came in and what did not. And Sequest mm. perhaps didn't rate highly enough that you know the TV show wasn't uh, getting enough following, I guess. I assume that's the reason. 
But yeah, yeah. sorry, we cannot talk about love for Lieutenant Commander Hitchcock. Whoever the hell that was. <laughs> I, I like the talking very few episodes. Oh, really? And to, to close no. up the um, Stu's fundraising, so he was raising funds for Give Kids the World Village, and his original goal for the 24-hour uh, stream was $1,500. And by the end, he had actually managed to raise, thanks to um, the fantastic people watching, um, $2,500. Wow. Nice one. Absolutely awesome. Thank you, like, Stu. Thank you for having us. Support. Thank you for this initiative. What a great guy. Yeah, just, yeah, it was actually a privilege to be on there. Thank you very much, Stu. And it was a good chat as well. Actually, yeah. It's nice to be in a setting where we're not running the show. Uh, so there's a, a, a fourth chair, but we're kind of kind of the guests, but we wind up yeah. taking over the agenda anyway, <laughs> or at least I do. But yeah, it was it was great fun. Rock, we'll rock and roll happily do it a, a, in, a, in a drop of a hat uh, for you, Stu, anytime, buddy. Um, in line with giving thanks, I'd also like to thank, obviously, our patrons, folks yep, who uh, week to week, month to month, year to year, uh, shell out some dollars to G.I. Joburg. Much appreciated, guys. We we love what we do. We would do it regardless. But the fact that we can grind out a little bit of money to uh, help with the running of things, thanks to you, is amazing. So, yeah, we are eternally grateful to you all. Uh, and, grateful uh, to the Berg Force for joining us on the live chats and the yeah. YouTube members for joining me week to week as I play with my action figures rather amateurishly. <laughs> In front of the camera. <laughs> and also you know, just... Uh, a happy birthday to Brian Lauer and to that's um, HCC seven eight eight by any eight, eight for you guys if you don't know company mm -hmm. and um, oh my word I just literally looked at his name now and to Casey Wheeler happy birthday dudes hey. we hope you had hey. a rad one happy birthday so to speak Casey yeah. of podcast from the pit yes oh yeah so, yeah so. Show him some love. Go and check out their shows. If you haven't, if you're a GI Joe fan and you haven't checked out their shows, uh, come now. Make it happen. Go and check it out. Do it. Come um, on. Come on. Yes. Top, also, top. Um, don't forget hashtag boycott uh, classified Falcon. <laughs> and with that, I think we're done for today. <laughs> we are. Yeah. Stick a fork in us. Uh, thanks, everybody, and see you in two short weeks' time. We didn't get around to talking about our classic cartoons, so expect to see a. Bumper, Ooh, bumper episode next time cartoons cartoons and comic Comics. books all Ooh. blended together delicious that is going to be Don't an animated chat by falcon <laughs> 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 it is <Berg. laughs>